Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with a very, very funny comedian, Rich Slayton. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, my dad is here as well. Yo. Second Straight Podcast. And Joe, the kid Perez. What's up, buddy? Uh, and been- Adam's leg. Hi, I'm here. Everything hurts a lot. Yes, it does. It really it doesn't hurt. It's, it's hard to sleep. I have, I've gotten no sleep. Because every time I try to sleep, my leg feels like it's in a weird, shifty position. And I That's because I'm bored. Time. Wash me. <laughs> I am washing it. Uh, but it, it's been hard. So uh, I want to thank our sponsor. Uh, well, we're on Tip a Fighter. So if you like our podcast and you want to tip us, you want to show us your appreciation, you can tip us. Go to Adam Hunter. I'm on Tip a Fighter. I will gladly take your tips. It, it, it tells me that, hey, listen, you know, I'm, if I'm entertaining you for three, four hours a week, two hours a week, four hours, you know, whatever it is, if I'm to help giving you a service, you can give the service right back. I'll gladly take it, make my life easier. So, uh, tip a fighter. Uh, today we have Raquel Pennington on the show. Uh, very, very tough girl mm-hmm. fighting at UFC 202. Uh, can't wait for that fight. And I'll tell you about my last couple days. So, after the podcast we did on. Tuesday with Greg Wilson and uh, Quentin, the security guard, who's a big hit, by the way. People keep telling me how much they That's love good. Quentin. You weren't here. There was an actual security guard who was like, hey, man, you guys need to hurry up. And he was a big wrestling fan. He's like, you guys talking about wrestling? So then we happened to be talking about Conor McGregor versus all the pro wrestlers, and he sat in for a half an hour. Hold on. Security guard was here in your house? No, no. <laughs> we, we did it from my dad's place. I was at my okay. dad's place for a week because I was recovering. After that, I went, after that, I went to the dime bar to do a show. And I, I like walk in there, and I'm on crutches. So right away, everyone's like, it's a couple comedians there. No audience members had showed up yet. It was like one of those things. We started at 8, which means we started at 8.30. So I'm sitting there on crutches, and uh, I'm, I'm elevating my leg, and it's like depressing. There's no one in the crowd. And the comic's like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, it's going all right. He's like, hey, when's your baby do? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, well... You know, Bree had a miscarriage, and he's like, oh. so then he looks at me, and then the bartender's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, so I'm sitting here with like one leg. My girl had a miscarriage. I'm like, it's been a rough month. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. it was definitely that. Uh, but the show, I thought the show was pretty well. Uh, then we couldn't get the, the, the bartender wasn't there who does our sound. So then the first comic had to go on with no microphone, which is always fun when there's three people in a bar try, trying to talk to people over everybody. And, uh, it was funny, though. It was actually a fun show. I went on stage. I did about 10 minutes on crutches. I think I got a lot of sympathy laughs up front, but then it was, it was an interesting experience. Uh, so that was on Tuesday night. Uh, what, finally, I went back home. I never thought I'd be so happy to come back home. No offense, Dad. No, no, no. No offense taken. But I was You were a pleasure to, to put up with. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, you know, I thought about that. You, know, like, uh, you, you, got, you had the operation on, on Wednesday yeah. at 10 o'clock. And you got home exactly, you saw the therapist a week later, the next yeah. Wednesday at 10 o'clock. It was exactly a week, and, and you were able to get home right after that. I was, I was really happy for you, but 
Hey, you know, it was. Uh, I have a small place. I mean, you know, yeah, it, was, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't easy for you. And I, I'm glad you're okay. It's, I'm okay. And then rehab, rehab's going to be, you know, long. And uh, but it, it was actually we had a we had a little bit because the brace wasn't fit right, so we had to go back and get another brace. And and then they were arguing with the people at Kaiser. Uh, but then, uh, but then last night I saw my girlfriend or my fiance. We uh, we hung out. We watched some naked dating. On VH1, some other mindless shows, and uh, it was good. It was I got to come home, and I now have four cats because three of the kittens got adopted, but the mother and the black cat who we called Fetty for a while because he had one had one eye, uh, uh, he wasn't ready to get off the mom's milk. So last night I let him out of the the bathroom because where they were staying, and it was fucking cat wars in my apartment because you know the first time they're out, so I had to. Break up cat fights all night with my cats hopping mm. around the apartment. Mm. So that's that's just where I'm at. And today I shot something for DraftKings. So I got a new promo for DraftKings coming out. Hopefully this will be the start of a good relationship. And uh, and life is okay. What's going on with you? Usual stuff. Just being funny and awesome all the time. Come on, hundred percent of the time. Yeah. My foot healed up. Last time I was out here, I was on crutches because I dropped the two by six on my foot. Right. My foot's all good. My toe looks disgusting. Nice. I call it Togor Clegane. It looks pretty bad. Has uh, have you been commenting at all? And may. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we just did our last event uh, about a month ago, and the next one is in November. So we're down to two events a year now. Whoa, but, wow. Uh, yeah, just, you know, amateur mixed martial arts is a very difficult mo- business to make money at. And so it's, it's, it's profitable, but it's not profitable enough for the schedule that the, the higher-ups are putting in. You know, they were doing five events a year, yeah. and it's hard to bring in enough money for the amount of work that took. For them, for it to actually make sense for them to do. Now, you're Rich, you're a very funny comic. You're a good writer. Thank you. Uh, I know that you watched a roast battle on a Comedy Central. I did. Now, w- did you compete in the? I've under- done seven roast battles. And what's your record? Four and three. You've lost three. My, but my three are to the number one ranked guy. Who's that? Uh, Alex Hooper. And that was a contentious loss. That was an, a double overtime <laughs> loss with some judging tomfoolery. Okay. Um, and then Joe Dosh. I lost him in the tournament last year, and he's the, a top five all-time ranked guy. And then I lost to John Huck at South by Southwest. So my strength of schedule is pretty writer. solid. John Huck's a pretty good writer. Uh, so South by you went to the, the, the comedy festival? Yeah, we did, we did the festival there. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I'm, I, I am four and three, but those three losses aren't ones that I am <laughs> And I'm who have you of. beaten? Uh, I beat uh, Jeff Amaral was my first one, and then Stuart Thompson, and then Trey Stewart, and most recently, uh, perennial top tenor Frank Castillo. Now, the thing is, because I watched it on Comedy Central, The Roast Battle, and a lot of times I'll watch it at, on the, the Comedy Store, I'll watch the Periscope, and these guys are hilarious. I mean, oh, they're yeah. really, really funny, and I thought that they were a lot better than the people that they chose, than the comics they chose. Well, because all of those comics they chose aren't roast battlers. Like they're, they're interlopers. They're people who have a name and who are like, well, I can go beyond Comedy Central, rather than, I'll tell you right now, there are, I can, there are 20 people who are the, the top 20 at The Roast Battle at the Comedy, at the comedy Store. Those people could hang with anybody from that TV show, except maybe Mike Lawrence, yeah. who's done it at the Comedy Store a bunch. So he's actually, I'll, you know, I'll take claim that he's a Comedy Store roast battle guy because he's done it there like three or four times. Right. He's the eventual winner. And Jimmy Carr, who's just a British assassin. Yeah. But other than that, like those Comedy Store guys, right. that's why you saw Sarah Tiana and Earl Skakel, who are both Comedy Store yeah, roast battlers. Yeah, I thought it was weird to have like, the top four. Like Steve Renazizi, the comic who lied about 9-11, which... <laughs> I mean, some of, um, I was. I prefer to think it was the comic who uh, didn't lie about the league being so good. But you know, everyone <laughs> take their own. Okay, okay. So people somehow know. Look, I see oh, I've known him for years. Funny comic, uh, good solid comedian. Lately, he's been known as the guy who not about nine eleven. 
he did the roast battle, and I was just like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? He, he got murdered on TV. He looked like an asshole. Uh, he was not... It was like somebody watching someone do MMA for the first time on UFC level. It was like without actually training and then just getting knocked out. And like, okay, you had a name, great, but you know, you're... But what are you doing? I, I didn't understand that at all. I mean, the Comedy Central guys were pulling a Bellator. They were like, hey, this person will pull in some eyes. Who cares if they're any good? <laughs> right. That's exactly what happened. So, Dad, what's going on with you? Uh, you. What's going on with me? I, I, you've been going on with me. I've been taking care of you for seven... You've been healthy. I've been, I've, seven days, yeah. five hours, 14 minutes, and 27 seconds, man. Yeah. It's been, it's well, been actually, you. Well, actually, it got uh, even I, harder. The day after I got my ACL surgery, my dad's wife... Uh, Third wife. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, uh, but my newest wife, wife. Uh, who uh, got into Third a... Third wife. Uh, it's a true statement. Uh, my, my stepmom, great woman, lover, nicest, sweetest woman, got into a car accident. Uh, totaled totaled the car. The car. Yeah, so you were so taking was, care of me and her. Yeah, I was taking care of... I was at uh, two, two hospitals four times in two days. That yeah. Was, that was hard, you know. She's doing all right, though? Uh, yeah, well, she's fine. Yeah, the car's... The car's a, total but she's yeah. she's okay she, yeah. thank god she's okay and uh you know i was hoping she would help me out with adam but then it turned out that you know she had to be taken care of so and then i was worried that the dog would uh, my, his dog would kill somebody i figured i have to get him to the hospital in the vet you know so that was uh that was good that yeah happened because yeah so is that a thing that you call uh, if your dad gets married and you're already an adult do you call his new wife your stepmom no you call you call her first name right yeah call Ellen yeah yeah, uh, yeah I wasn't really sure that's a good question uh, that's a good question yeah have you been married I am married four years wow congratulations wow. yeah man. Mrs. Slayton top shelf girl what does she do she is the director of a summer camp yeah that's here in LA wow a uh, six-point summer camp for Jewish athletes. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, there are there are a few of us. Yeah. There's you, for example. There's one. Well, I'm one Jewish athlete, yes. Yeah. Uh, I know. Mark Spitz. Mark Spitz. That's two. Goldberg. Bill Goldberg, right? Sure. Uh, was it? Yep. Uh, one of the Olympic gold medal ladies. The This year? Yeah. She won the Olympics last 12, you know, four years hey, ago in this time. Where did she win it? She's one of the five, like, the, the U.S. gymnastics women's team. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax. Oh, yeah, yeah you go back. You know, yeah. and, you know, interesting enough, a lot of the early fighters were J- Jewish, Irish, Boxers, yeah. Jewish, Italian. Yeah, all My favorite, though, is watching fights with my dad because we'll be watching the fights, and it'll be a, I think it'll be an exciting fight. My dad would be like, Sugar Ray Robinson would have beat both these guys' asses. Or these, these guys are a bunch of... Come on, back in my day, we had... Fight. This is fighting? This isn't fighting? It, it's well, and in those days, you know, um, it's, uh, boxing, they, they boxed every three, four months, these guys. I mean, yeah. you had Gene Fulmer, Carmen Basilio, Sugar Ray Robinson, and later on Sugar Ray Leonard, and you had uh, De- Roberto Duran, all these guys... Every three months, you know, it was the Friday night fights at Sunnyside Gardens. It was on TV, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, every Friday night. Your dad used to take you, right? Uh, no, we don't go to fight. We just watch it on TV. What, am I, what was the we fight that you went to when you were on acid? Fight, I went to the second Ali Frazier fight. Yeah. On acid. <laughs> I wasn't acid, no. Allegedly. Was, what was it? Been, cocaine, maybe. Yeah. It was cocaine. And I was with, uh, and I was so, very much, I was out of it. I was doing drugs in those days. And um, I was with an actor. Uh, a very big, famous actor, showbiz, uh, Broadway guy. You can say who it is, right? All right, go on. And uh, so we were together. We were like fifth you row. and Meryl Streep were the fifth <laughs> row. Fifth row. Uh, no, it was it was a guy. It was a friend of mine. And we were fifth row. You know, Ali Frazier, second fight. 
and I was, you know, it was just, it was just one of the, what we were doing in those days. We go for the fights, we go to the clubs, and blah blah and so forth. So, and I didn't remember who won that fight. It was the second Frazier Ali fight. Yeah. Later, because it was, you know, and I saw him late ten years later, maybe twenty or thirty years later. I saw him. I said, Hey, remember? You and I, you know, I was so out of it that night. I didn't remember who won that fight. And he says, were we at that fight? <laughs> <laughs> the guy didn't even know he was there. He didn't even know he was there. Yeah, so, I, you know, everything is relative. One of my is, favorite stories is is ever was with the Alice Cooper story. When you know, My dad managed Alice Cooper along with Shep Gordon. They were partners together. Uh, and um, the story about how you got him booked at that farm and there were chickens, right? And then Zappa called you. And he said, well, "No, he tell this whole story." He though. said, "Yeah, well, it, it was, it was, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of clothes. I remember this was, I guess it was the first time at uh, there were chickens there, and uh, they, they it was outdoors a festival, and but Alice couldn't get booked anywhere, right? I mean, well, in in the early days, he couldn't get booked anywhere. No, we had to. Uh, the, the first show we did was a was a show in uh, Venice Beach, California, and the headliner was Sonny and Cher." And all the old Jimi Hendrix, the Doors, they were on a show, and it was a, I was think I was managing them for about two weeks, and I went to the promoter and I said, "Listen, got this band. Frank Zappa is managing them. He, Frank Zappa is producing them. They're going to be the next big thing." And the guy said, "Get out of here! What's the name of the band? I never heard of them." Boom, boom, goodbye. I said, "Come on, no, please, please." At this point, they were going to show show me the door, you know, with my partner Shep at the time, and so we we told the band that. We had gotten the show, figuring we would get the show. Right. So now we had to go back to the band, and the band said, "Hey, man, we can't wait the show. Sonny, the headline, all these great bands. Is a, it was in uh, Newport Beach Festival. A hundred thousand people in those days. You know, hundred thousand people just came out with blankets. And you had people, the sound systems, and they were all excited to go. And I didn't have the heart to say, "Hey, we didn't get the show." So, so okay, we'll get. Show comes around three days later. We get the car. At that point, we had a hearse. We had a big hearse that we looked like a limousine. Put everybody in a hearse. Drove right. up to the, drove right up to the gate. And the guy at the gate, you know, the security said, "Who are you?" And he looks. And he sees a bunch of guys in the back. He said, I, I, "I was so nervous. I was driving." I said, "We're the Joseph Cotton Blues Band." There was a band <laughs> called the James Cotton Blues Band. I couldn't even get the name right. I saw that they were on the show because there was a, a list of who was on. Like at the comedy clubs, you have the list of who's playing. But Joseph Cotton Clues, uh, he was an actor, Joseph Cotton. Was, uh, okay, okay, okay. He lets us in, take the band. We drove right to the stage, put the band on the stage. band starts playing in front of all these people. All of a sudden, I'm looking at, after three songs, I'm looking and I see a guy come down with police <laughs> running down. There, uh, Get the fuck off the stage. Who the hell are you? I'm going like this. And the band, we jump in the limousine. We, we basically had to run out of there. You wow. Know, after, but we did four songs. You did four songs. Now, did, that, did the crowd of, like the songs? Not really, no, no. Yeah. Had, nobody ever liked the songs in those days. I mean, didn't you guys walk a free concert? We the first the first concert when I saw them with Zappa, it was a free concert, and uh, they started playing after two songs. Everybody started leaving, and we were trying to impress some people. You know what a great band this is, and people were leaving. And I almost had a here's ten dollars. Stay, no, 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 no. Please, you know, just walk out the door. But one of my favorite though was with chickens that were on stage, right, and then. 
You started throwing them into the crowd. Alex started throwing the chickens into the crowd, and that's uh, what you do with chickens. Yeah, <laughs> that and seems reasonable. Yeah, well, but where you were you know, playing then? We were playing at a outdoor festival. It was in like some Saginaw or Saugatuck, Michigan. The Saginaw Chicken Festival. I've heard of it. <laughs> it was in Michigan. And uh, we're on a bus going home, and he got a call from Frank Zappa, who was the producer on the record. Cl- record uh, he owned a record company that we were on at the time, Straight Records. It was Bizarre Records, whatever it was, and nobody wanted to buy them, you know, and it was, it was early. And he said, and uh, Alice said, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the chickens, you know, because it was in the papers. papers it was Frank said, no, that's the best thing that ever happened for you guys. Keep, <laughs> you know, keep doing it. Bring chickens everywhere, you know. Yeah, that's your thing now. Come on, son. <laughs> that became the thing. And, and then you yeah. guys kept trying to top each other. Well, yeah, you know, that became... Tomorrow I'm going to throw a cow. <laughs> it be, well, and the, eventually the ASPC, because we had a snake in the act, too. We had this six-foot boa constrictor snake. So eventually the ASPCA would show up at our shows to make sure there were no chickens being thrown. Yeah. <laughs> now, what that might be the greatest <laughs> sentence about rock and roll ever. <laughs> with the ASPCA, you know. Cause also, another story. My dad, were the chicken inspectors? Hide the chickens. Another the story chi- that I love is the, the, witch, the witch story. It was the Whiskey A Go-Go and the first... What year was it? 1968 or 9. The first uh, press release was that Alice Cooper was the name of a 16th century witch that was reincarnated from Salem, Massachusetts. And you guys were just messing around? Like, well, that was the name they picked. Uh, yeah. We picked the name Alice Cooper, and, and, and it was, uh, you know, the story, the hype was it was the reincarnation, and Frank Zappa, who was known for everything that was really out there, it all had to fit into a picture. So we released this press release, and... Uh, <laughs> And um, had the show at the Whiskey Go Go, and this was 1968. You know, it was like sex, drugs, rock and rolls, all the beans and the, the LSD and the psychedelics, and and down from San Francisco came a whole bunch of witches. <laughs> you know, what are they? Weekend, weekend, relig- Wiccans. Wiccans. Oh, yeah. A, yeah, it is. And, and they were, but not only from Texas, from Colorado, because I heard that there was a real witch playing at the Whiskey of Go-Go. So, that is so funny. So now we're surrounded by, I mean, these, these people, were, they were all like, get me to Alice, get me to Alice. And Alice was, he was sort of, he, he, he was looking like, you know, it was like, so. He <laughs> they was just not, told me to put on eyeliner. I don't <laughs> yeah. It was, <laughs> What's well, happening here? We, it was an art piece, you know. It was all, it was a solid, Salvador Dali. It was art and theater and rock and roll and do whatever you have to do to, to, to get noticed, you know. And, and to, uh, There's a shock rock band that's, uh, it's, I think they're like an American, maybe like Swedish shock rock band called Marianne Cotton, named after Britain's first serial killer. Really? Marianne Cotton, she, uh, she poisoned, she had four husbands. Uh, throughout, throughout her career, she poisoned and killed three husbands and f- uh, two lovers. She had a nickname. What was her nickname? Or I don't remember. I don't remember if she Poison had a, Mary or something. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, not, <laughs> maybe. She and then also like thirteen kids of her kids. Wow. And she just poisoned. She just, she served them all tea with arsenic. Jesus, you would think like why would you be the fourth husband after that? Like if you're the first. Yeah, you're like. Or you think it's something in the tea? You're like, you know what? I'll have orange juice. Yeah, Maybe really. not, sir. I won't have the tea this time. That's where Bloody Mary came from, I think. No, Bloody Mary was the queen. Oh, Bloody yeah, Mary, Mary Queen of Scots. Was it Mary Queen of Scots who was Bloody Mary? Could All be. right. Well, let's, let's, Mary. let's talk a little, <laughs> let's talk a little bit of fighting for now. Let's, we got, this is the fighting podcast. Uh, uh, we're going to talk to Raquel Pennington, who's fighting uh, UFC... 
202. 202. I'm going to try to go. Uh, I think I'm going to go. I'm, 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 I don't know. I, I have a show that She's night. She's fighting Elizabeth Phillips. Yes, she is. I, I'm Who's definitely... five and three. Oh, come on. You got to be kidding me. I'm calling her again. Let's go, Raquel. Where's 202? It's in Vegas. You're going to go? I think so. I'm doing shows all week at the uh, Stratosphere, Monday through Sunday. Uh, Stitch is coming on Monday. A bunch of fighters are coming. It's going to be cool. great. Uh, I'm going to you come... Well, before you go, when did when this, this come out? After Vegas. What, what? This? These Stitches. Oh, the Stitches come out. No, yeah, it's funny. No, Stitches, no, Stitches, the fight, right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, this, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, my dad is very funny. Um, so, let's, let's uh, call Raquel Pennington. Adam's leg is doing 15 minutes at the top. Yeah. I know. I, no, I'm not leaving my name and number, Dad. <laughs> hey. Let's just do the whole show as a voicemail. Really? I'm going to call her again. Uh, come on, Raquel, pick up. This is the third time we're calling. Third time to charm. I liked Raquel back on The Ultimate Fighter. She impressed me a lot. She's okay. a strong girl, good athlete, hits hard, seems like a cool chick, you know, all tatted up, pretty girl. I know she plays for the other team, but that's, that's, that's all good. Her phone skills are not that great, though. You her phone say. skills are, she gets, uh, yeah, her phone skills so far are terrible. Oh, come on. All right, so we'll, 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 keep, we'll keep on with the show right now. And, until, uh, so word is uh, in, in MMA news that there's a fighter union now. Start, start. I saw that today. Yeah, Randy Couture is part of it. Oh, the guy doesn't fight anymore. That's a good start. Leslie Smith. Sure. A uh, bunch of other fighters. I think it's actually a good thing. Uh, Raquel? Seven amateur fighters from Costa Mesa joined <laughs> no, in. No, no, no. There's, there's some good people. Uh, there's some good people involved. Chuck the Iceman Liddell, he's in it. The Professional Fighters Association. I think they need a union. Uh, Leonidas joined it, the original. I don't mean the Italian guy. I mean like the original Roman <laughs> Leonidas. He joined. Yes. I think, a, yeah, I think a union would be a good thing, though, because I think sometimes... It, I think you're right. Is this Mark Hunt's union? No. All right, so Raquel Pennington's not picking up. Uh, I've called her six times now. Well, now I'm going to vote for Elizabeth on yes. this fight. Sorry, Raquel, you, lo- you lost my support. Really? Just from this right now. Trying to call her. I'm talking to her manager. That's why I hate going through managers. Uh, because I just feel like it's always... That's why I don't have a manager. Is because I don't want people to go through my manager to deal with me. Really? That's really? the only reason why. It's, just, it's annoying. It's like a podcast. And I understand you want to go through your managers. And it's good to have a manager. And I like Deanna. It's her manager. But it's just hard sometimes. Because when you do it directly, it's just you and the person. Yeah. And then when you're not, sometimes it's now i got to call this person to call her. To tell her. To, it's just... It can't just be a simple phone call anymore. Yeah. It's a pain. It's a pain the, and I understand why fighters are like, have my manager do it. You know, you, they want to feel like... If the professional, it, it should be... That not should be a problem. It really should be, I mean, as a manager. Yeah. As a manager. If, the, if a manager is managing an artist, whether it's a fighter or an athlete or, or singer or comedian, and, you know, he's going to do a better job of telling the public how... You, good you are and taking care of the details to get you to where you want to be in, in life then you're going to be able to do for yourself it just stands to reason I could I could sell you could sell me better than I could sell myself and I and vice versa so if the manager's not anymore in the good, fight he game. should, not he not should say the fight hey, game. I, that's why I do think though I think that MMA people UFC MMA fighters should have like 
like wrestling managers. You know how like the honky t- they used to be like Absolutely. Jimmy Hart. Oh, like- no, but I think they should walk out and talk all kinds of shit for them. Like Bobby the Brain Heenan was like one of my favorite managers growing Jimmy up. Jimmy the Mouth of the South. Yeah, Jimmy Hart. Uh, hey, so basically, Virgil. here's what we're saying, Nate. If you need a manager, <laughs> I Rich Slayton am here. Would you do it? I'll just I'll come out and talk shit with Connor on Nate on Nate Diaz's really? behalf. Absolutely, that would be funny. You wouldn't be worried about that all the tiny fans. half a potato douchebag. Yeah, I'll go out and talk shit. You don't shit like with Connor? Him. Just for this moment, no, I'm, I'm auditioning for a job. Right. This is Nate's if, manager if, if, here. Right. If, if Connor hires me, then yeah, then Nate's a mush mouth from Stockton who gives a shit. Right. So right. Just, it's whoever pays me now. By the way, UFC 202, I do think that uh, Nate is going to win this fight. Hell yeah. I think Nate is so much big. I think he's just too big. I think if the fight was at 55 or 45, you know, it definitely becomes more of an even fight. But when you're talking about a guy who walks, and I've stood next to Nate Diaz, he is a big dude. He walks around at like 205, maybe even 210. He's tall. Now he's thick. He's got muscles. And I just think he has the skill set to beat Connor. I was at the first fight. Yes, I know. Connor was kicking his ass in the first fight. But that's the point. He was landing huge shots, and they were not really affecting Nate Diaz. They were hurting him. They were stinging him, yada, yada. But they weren't putting him out. They weren't. No, no, I don't agree he was landing huge shots. If you watch that fight, Nate's rolling with nearly every one of those punches. Okay. Been rolling well. I think the big now. I think this this fight to me is a lot, is very very close. I edge Nate, but I was shocked at the way Connor fought the first fight because Connor fought the blueprint of how you lose to a Diaz brother. He was like, "Hey, what's the best way to not win this fight? Come forward, keep your hands low, swing heavy, and don't move laterally." Carlos Condit wrote the blueprint on beating a Diaz brother. Right. You move backwards, counter strike, move laterally, because neither Nate nor Nick moves phenomenally on the lateral plane. Right. And Connor did zero of that. So he's sitting there going, let me just throw everything into single shots, never throw combinations. He it was, was garbage. Also coming off, you know, just obliterating all these people. Sure. So when you knock out Jose Aldo in eight seconds, when you drop Dustin Poirier real quick when you go through uh, Chad Mendez Chad Mendez when you go through the German dude uh, Dennis Seaver mm-hmm. you, st- you start thinking believing your own hype number one sure and start thinking okay there's no way this guy's gonna do it especially taking a guy on that short notice uh, that being said I think that Nate Diaz I think maybe Connor smites a, farter, a smarter fight and tries to outpoint him this time and plays sort of but that's not Connor's style you can't really change a fighter style in one fight. It's I don't think you can, and I don't think that Connor has the camp behind him. He's the best guy in his camp. Do you think he's going to gas after the first round again? No, I think he learned his lesson. Yeah, but I still think he gets stopped in the, the third round, second or third. I think Nate can hurt him in too many ways. Uh-huh. I think, but you know, look, this is MMA, and I know that Ray Longo s- s- sort of alluded to. Well, I hope uh, you know Nate doesn't kind of. Not throw the fight, but there's a big payday in the third fight, which is true. But I don't think Nate Diaz mm. is ever really thinking past the fight. And that guy's got way too much pride to start thinking, well, money, money's, I don't think, ever been the Diaz brothers' motivation in anything. I think well, have you seen the housing prices in, in Stockton and that part of California? Well, it uh, just you seems can... like those guys are like, I, mean, I know that like Lazy the Savage told me a really good story about how on the podcast, so Nick Diaz is like, yo, get me a sponsor. So Nate Lazy went out of his way to get this guy who wanted Nick Diaz to sponsor this this thing that was like one of those like six point things where you hit the the head and the arm and like one of those like dummies that you can mm-hmm. sort of like box like a boss rooting yeah like a boss rooting yeah. thing. So they sit down with Nick and this and this guy 
and the whole team is there, and they pitch it, and he's like, man, you should talk to Jake Shields about, uh, about doing this, because maybe he'll uh, put his name on some stupid bullshit like this. <laughs> he goes, the people might actually buy this if I put my name, because they hate me that much. Or he's like, no one's going to... He went off on it, and it was just, like, went terrible. That's Nick Diaz for you. Yeah. Those guys are, are very real people, so... Uh, the, the, there's, there's that fight. Anthony Johnson versus Glover Teixeira. Ooh. Uh, Is that a ghost? <laughs> yeah, I, the, yeah, the ghost of Glover Teixeira. <laughs> uh, I like Glover Teixeira. I just think that Anthony Johnson hits too hard, too young. He's too long for Glover, too, man. Too big. He's long as fuck. Dad, who do you think wins this fight? <laughs> Anthony Johnson. And why is that? I've seen him fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. as good a reason as any. <laughs> the other guy you haven't seen fight? Well, who's the other guy? Glover Deshera. Glover Deshera? No, I don't think I, I saw Deshera on the Yankees. Uh, Mark right. Deshera. Yeah, yeah. Mark Deshera. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's very similar. It, okay, well, so, I don't think Mark Deshera could beat him either. Uh, but I think Anthony Johnson, I mean, there is a, you know, Glover is a strong guy, and he's, you know, he beat up Rashad Evans. It seems like everyone that beats Rashad, like Johnson, who's his teammate, gets angry and then beats up, like, next. Uh, not everyone, but Ryan Bader. Uh, yeah. Ryan Bader beat Rashad. Glover was like, fuck this. I mean, Rumble was like, fuck this. And like Anthony Johnson, in his a focus, Anthony Johnson is a scary, scary dude. Yeah. Probably the scariest guy at 205. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. he looked great. Who's your favorite fighter, Dad? Uh, of, of what? Uh, uh, MMA? UFC, yeah. MMA? MMA. Think about that. I don't know. Uh... I guess Bubba Jenkins. <laughs> yes, good call. <laughs> Bubba, you. who's still on the undercard, by the way. So Bubba Jenkins and Georgie Terracanyan are fighting in Bellator, and they're on the undercard. And it's a fucking travesty. I'm sorry. Georgie is why, a vet. Why is it? Why is that happening? I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't I'm not, know. I'm not I think that they, what do you, what's your... What's your uh, my thing is that maybe they... You know, Bubba, you guys have to... I think maybe... My, my cat's sneezing, by the way. He yeah, he's lot. got... Cat's got... You think he's taking to the vet or what? Uh... No, you bit me before though. Yeah, but it's like a love was. bite though. Oh, that, well, thanks a lot. I well, need I need that kind of loving, <laughs> like a hole in the head. Why, why do why do I think he did that? Because uh, I think Bellator doesn't like Bubba's swag or something. They don't. I don't know. They don't. They're not really? getting behind Bellator. They seem to kind of maybe he's confident, but he rubs someone the wrong way. He's just he, maybe because he doesn't win in the most exciting fashion. He hasn't had. Does, that have you talked to that's, him about I mean, it? That's that's gonna be that's gonna be it in the end. Like yeah. That, in the end, this this isn't simply a it's not a it's not a win loss record game. It's a do you put together a highlight reel game? Mm, exactly. That's what it comes down to. And if if like if Bubba Jenkins was putting people away with his with the skill set he had, if you if you just take everything he has right now, plus they have seven to fifteen seconds of highlight clip to put for him yeah. when they do every show, he's headlining. I understand that, but 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 it's not like the card is stacked. This is not UFC two hundred. That's fair. I mean, they're putting a bunch of people. They no, put, I think Bubba should be up on the card, but I'm, these, if we're talking why, they put that's these two why. girls on that I've never heard of. I think they're making their they, like one's two and one, the other one's three and one. I mean, it's I understand that a lot of times women equals ratings in fighting. But a lot of times it doesn't, and and a lot of times it also, like Greg was saying last week, that girl that uh, from from Poland who fought the other girl. Uh, you know, did you watch it last night? Yeah, last yeah, Saturday, yeah. Um, she won, right? Who yeah. is going to fight Yo Jacek? Probably uh, Morose, Mela, something Morose, and the girl who fought the, the black girl from, she's from up here. What a, 
Oh, I thought you were talking about the one, the girl who bought Nama, who, who beat Nama Yunus. No, 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 Bellator. No, no, the one about Saturday night that uh, a couple nights ago on the Cesare. Anyway, they put oh, two yeah. girls. It was like, okay, let's let's put girls in the main card, but who aren't necessarily going to have a good show, and that's what I'm saying. They're not putting, you know, Cyborg versus Ronda Rousey on this card. So, by the way. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Underground. I love the Underground. I, I listen. I, I, it's my favorite app. But they put Juliana Pena, fat shamed Ronda Rousey. All right, that was the the thing. Okay, it was a TMZ report. And here's what Juliana Pena says: You know me. They can delay me, but they cannot. They can't deny me. And I love Pena. One of my favorite people. Uh-huh. She's a good friend of mine. I've had my hand raised in the octagon more than any other female out there, and no one deserves a title shot more than me. That's how I feel about that. And then she says she knows she needs to fight me. Yada yada. And then he, uh, she, she, go, she, she, uh, she uh, goes on, and then uh, she says, uh, I want that belt. Uh, I'm not, not going to stop till I get it. I think Rousey's going to come back before the end of the year. That's what I've been told. That's what I've heard. I believe it when I see it. When signs a contract on a dotted line. Thanks for coming back. We'll see. She's the emperor in no clothes. You know what I mean? She's broken a little bit. I just think that no one really cares about Ronda Rousey and her fat arms anymore. But I guess some people do. I guess Nunez is going to wait around for a title fight, and we'll see how it goes. Huh. Now, you said all that shit? Juliana Pena, right? All right. All right. Uh, which, bad bitch. And, look, all right. and Juliana Pena is a Latin girl. TMZ puts a camera in front of her. She's going to say that. That's not fat shaming. I'm sorry, but we are becoming way too fucking sensitive. Uh, if, if, someone's, if saying someone has fat arms is really, like, if that, is that really crossing the line? To me, that's... That's, that's trash talk. And if, the man, if male fighters would have said that, you'd be like, this is pretty weak, weak trash talk, and you wouldn't really... I don't know. If you're the male fighter, you're like, yo, man, Glover Teixeira's got grandma arms. <laughs> like, that's... I don't That'd know why. funny. <laughs> Wait, but, yeah, but funny, but would you be like, that's, that this, is, this is politically incorrect? I mean, I mean oh, come no, on. I, it seems like he's saying Juliana Pena... The, the title of the thing is Juliana Pena Fat Shames Ronda Rousey. And to me, I think we're getting way too sensitive. If you, I mean, you, could, you should be able to say someone has fat arms without being called a bully or this political correctness and this nonsense. I'm sorry. Like, it, trash talk should be the same for women and men if you want to have equal, if we're talking about equal rights. And you should be able to say shit without being called a bully. I mean, the stuff that Nate Diaz and McGregor say to each other, the stuff that John Jones and Cormier say to each other, I mean, that's... Other sports too. Other sports. Basketball. I mean, I don't yeah, think. but now all of a sudden, you know, someone says Ronda Rousey has fat arms, and that's going over the line. I mean, come on. Well, what happened? I mean, who said it went over the line? What? Uh, what, what some what, what, some twenty two year old. No, it's actually Kurik said. Uh, who who he goes? Trash talk is awesome as it puts asses in seats and money in the fighters' pockets. But female fighters commenting about fat is uncalled for. Who is this? The guy who runs the underground. I'm like, come the guy on. Who runs the underground? Yeah, you know, I, nice guy. I know the guy. He does me a lot of Yawn. favors. He's a friend of mine. But yeah, defend you, you. You defend him here. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be your wrestling manager here right now. Okay. Yeah. What you're complaining about? You work in the fighting business, right? People punch each other in the face, and you're worried that someone said a meanie thing about another person. How about you go back underground and stop commenting on fighters <laughs> trying to sell fights? It's not bad, not bad. But also, it's, it's like... Nate, I'm for hire, dude. Seriously. <laughs> but also, calling someone fat arms, that's, that's not even like really bad trash talk. I mean, Muhammad Ali would say, I'm, I want to put your face in dough and, Did he comment? and make gorilla cookies. I mean, he would say the <laughs> most so funny. fucked so up funny. shit that, you, that he would that's say. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I, 
that was, I mean, come on. Did he comment on when Betch Cohea talked about Ronda Rousey's dead dad? Yeah. I, he, no, no. No. So, so hold on. Someone insults someone's dead oh, I think he did, actually. Father? I think he did, actually. Yeah, I, I think, think he did, did, actually. But that's not the point. The point is, is that... Who cares about a fat arms comment? Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Uh, that's my, the, hey, I'll tell you this what Ronda's what, what? fat arms are my favorite part about her. <laughs> really? How about that? No, they're not. Yeah, they're great. They're, they're, they're smooth. They're filled out. She's got a pretty face. She's yeah. Got, she's got a pretty face. Yeah, but she's got fat arms, bro. You, you actually like fat arms on girls? On this girl. Joe, what's your favorite feature on a girl? I like a big-ass mole. Like Rhonda's mole. <laughs> That's, no, on, on any girl. And Cloudge's mole. Uh, really? Moles your things? Oh, no. I'm just oh. kidding. Uh, I, like, uh, I got a mole in my armpit, bro. Let me see it. You want it? Get in here on this thing. Boom. How's that make you feel? I don't see it. What are you talking about? Oh, there it is. Boom. Yeah. Everybody has that. That's what, a mole on their armpit? Yeah. In their armpit? Yes. Let me see yours, then. I'm too sensitive. <laughs> That, that's, that's, that's great, Rich. Thanks for showing. Uh, all right. No. So, <laughs> but yeah. I, all right. So I'm trying to call Raquel again. So that's. Hey, let's call Elizabeth. Let's find her. Uh, I don't know if I have her. Uh, but you know what? I think, um, uh, I think I'm going to call Tisha Torres. Because I like Tisha Torres. Tisha's always badass. Yeah, she's badass. All right. And then we'll just call Tisha, see if she picks up the phone. If not, we'll keep breaking down UFC 202. So Rick Story versus Donald Cerrone. You know, Rick's story looked like the future of the division, I want to say, like, four or five years ago. There was this moment in time where he, he and Michael McDonald are both guys who looked like they were going to be world beaters. And I think McDonald might be doing a comeback to a certain degree, but I don't know, man. McDonald so, got murdered by Lineker. Michael McDonald, you said? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, dude, he just got murked. Remember, like, four years ago, Michael McDonald looked like the truth? He did, I know. But that also, that division, the 125 men's division... It's a little bit like there aren't that many contenders right now. There are a lot of good guys, but it seems like the best. Michael McDonald's oh, at one twenty-five, or he's one thirty-five. He's one thirty-five. Yeah, Michael McDonald's at one thirty-five. Talking about Rory McDonald? No, I'm a Michael McDonald, the mixed martial arts fighter who's like young dude has a lot of back knee. Yeah, he's one thirty-five from from Modesto. Uh, he fought Uriah Faber. He's a bantamweight. Yeah, there you lost go. Lost Uriah Faber. So. Uh, this, look, this fight, I think, actually, everyone's going to pick Donald Cerrone based on who Donald Cerrone is. But I, I don't want to pick against Donald Cerrone in this fight, but Rick Story might surprise you in this. He's won his last three fights. Uh, his losses have been by split decisions. He's a tough, tough guy, and the fight's at 170. And Cerrone is a lighter guy. He's kind of a short guy. Not short, but he's not the tallest guy you've seen. And I just think that Rick Story might be too big for Donald Cerrone and might pull off this upset. I think it's a pretty actually good, a good pick em. If you're going to bet on an underdog, I would bet on It's not Rick a bad Story. underdog pick. That's yeah. not at all. I mean, Rick's been doing all right lately. Just beat Gunner, beat Tarek Safadine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think he could surprise. He could actually surprise. Uh, and I think people are, you know... It's funny in MMA, you know, name recognition. Name recognition, a lot of times people carries go, oh, a lot. Carries a lot. By the way, there was a rumor that Front Row Brian tweeted that Chael Sonnen was going to yes. fight Nick Diaz <laughs> at Madison <laughs> Square that. Garden. Uh, I would love to see that fight. Yeah. I mean, sure, why not? That'd be badass. Bad matchup for Nick Diaz. Put that in EBI. So. What? EBI? In a, in a fight? They don't do fights in EBI. Jiu-Jitsu match? Yeah, but yeah. Oh, come on. Because it's not going to. What is, is that. Is Chael going to let that be a boxing match? Really? No, he's just going to 
grind them and grind them and grind them. Yeah, yeah, but you can't ground and pound EBIs. So yeah, could take, so so take it out and make Chael actually grapple. No, we'll see what happens. No, 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 no. So you got Chael. I would pick Chael in that fight. He looks way bigger though. Right? He is way bigger. Yeah, yeah. He's been he's he's been sitting back and eating and not competing for a while. Of course, he's bigger. But he's he's in good shape though. He's in really good shape. Yeah, yeah. He's in really good shape. So, what's going on, Dad? You look bored. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> you, look, you look bored. No, he's just upset that I'm insulting his favorite fighter, Chael Sonnen. No, no, why are you upset? I like Chael Sonnen. You do? Yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah. yeah. But he hasn't fought in a long time, right? It's been a long time. Well, he was suspended for taking uh, well, saying, steroids. So, you know, Neither has Nick Diaz. He was suspended also. For marijuana metabolites in a kangaroo court. He, he, was he fought more recently than Chael. Yeah. He won. Uh, Nick, no, Nick's lost his Nick's last Nick's last fights. fight, I think, was the Anderson Silva fight, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. How long ago was that? Two years ago, maybe more. Yeah, so it was the first. Be. It was Anderson's first fight back after the leg break. Should be even. Yeah, <laughs> probably I like be even. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, it'd be a good fight. Yeah, I remember my dad used to come to my wrestling matches when I was a kid. He would drive eight hours to watch me wrestle. I would. I remember one time we did this uh, this trip out in the woods where, like, because I went to a school where you had to talk about your feelings and be a better person. But they did this like this in the middle of wrestling season. Went to Canada. Did this family retreat. Where me, him, and like six other families would hike all day, and it was and a like winter wilderness. Winter wilderness, and, and it was the worst storm ever. Ever, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was on Jackman Lake, which was on the border of Connecticut, uh, Canada, and Maine. It's where the terrorists tried to sneak. Did you know that? Oh no! Yeah, it was. It's it's so remote. This is where they picked to try and sneak across the Canadian border. That's how remote. So we did this thing where we like. <laughs> Talked about our feelings and been like you know being uh, it was really good. It was really first, first we had to carry though. First we had to carry our food. Remember? Of yeah, we were, that, we were out there for a week, intense. Carried across the lake, and, hike and across actually, the you frozen. Went out and bought so much stuff that you almost overheated. I was yeah because I knew how cold it was going to be, and I went out and bought Polartec and uh, all these ski stuff. I don't ski, and uh, <laughs> I had about six layers, and we had to, we had to walk across this frozen lake that it snowed and it rained, so you didn't know if it was ice slush. You didn't know. Over the next step, or lake, you, or lake, <laughs> lake yeah, right. Yeah. If you're gonna go through it with winds, I saw help me guys, 60 mile an hour winds in our face with, with full pack, pulling a sled with, with water because you had to bring your own water in, you know. And everybody on this trip was a professional hike. That one guy ran the Boy Scouts in the entire world, yeah. You know? So he was like another guy, uh, built tents. In, in for a living, another guy. His name was Frost. That was his name. John. His name was Frost. His last name was. That was his last name was Frost. Right, right. And uh, and there I was, you know, almost with with six layers of all this wool and God knows, and I'm sweating. You know, I'm saying I thought I was never going to make it, and I, I tell you, so I, I was thinking I'm going to drop dead here in the middle of this worst snowstorm in the history of Maine and Canada. And he said, how did he die? And he said, overheating. <laughs> I said, that's going to be my, you know, oh, that's the guy who died from overheating in the middle of a tundra. We'd still know? make it fun of that today if that had happened. Yeah, they'd still be talking about that. Be one of those stories. So that night, so I was there for a week and I went back to wrestling. I had a match that day against Morse. It was in Maine, our rival high school. We're like, we were the prep school and that was the high school and there was like, History, 50 years of like 
kids in our school beating up townies or townies jumping, you know, these rich It was a rivalry. Kids. It was a sure. big rivalry. They hated it was us. The Yankees, it was Dodgers. Like, it was the outsiders. They would have signs saying, like, no, hide kids on stores and oh. stuff because hide kids would go there and, you know, sell drugs. They would buy the drugs off the townies, this and that. Right? And all you ate for a week was wafers. Yeah, wafers. So that, that morning, uh, I wrestled the kid who was ranked number second in public school uh, in the state of Maine. And the guy, which is not the greatest wrestling state, but not, the, not definitely not the worst. But this guy, this kid, just looked like, I mean, he had just pinned his last like twenty kids. And I remember being in the bathroom, and he goes to his friend, and it was like a quad match. It was four teams going on, and the other guy goes to him, "How fast is that one?" He's like twelve seconds. Like he pinned the kid in twelve seconds, and he like high fived his buddy, right? So they didn't know about me. They, they didn't know that I was. They didn't know like we. Anything about it? They thought we were some shitty school in 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 Maine. So I went out at that time. I was a three-time defending Class A champion, and this kid was was solid. But I was able to just take him down, let him up, take him down, cut him. So I was just building up a lead. So I built up a lead to it was like I don't know fourteen to six or something, some kind of a, a, a thing. But I couldn't pin him. And I was so pissed that I didn't pin him, you know. And uh, at the end of the match, you know, I shook his hand. And this kid was stunned. His coach was stunned because this kid hadn't lost all year. And he was like, who the fuck is this kid that just beat our best kid who hadn't lost? And I was on the verge of tears because I didn't pin him. And I was, so I look at my dad, and my dad's like, are you okay? And, and I'm like, ah, I didn't pin him. And my dad got so angry at me. And so dis- he's like, are you kidding me? You just walked the fucking... I go, I know, but I didn't pin him, you know? And, and then I was like, yeah. This kid had legs. I swear to God, they're like oak trees, you know? One of those kids that, you know, is just solid from top to bottom. And I, you know, I, I thought Adam was going to get killed. Cause you was, wrestled Groot. Yeah, he, that's right. Or Shrek. Yeah. It was like, you know, and, and just, yeah. And he was upset that he didn't pin him. I said, what? Uh, what's, what's, what's... What is he, the he worst wrestling the state? Uh, I'm going to say Delaware. That's my guess. The worst wrestling state is probably... Worst um, wrestling state? I don't know. I mean... Alaska. No, because they fight bears and salmon. I would probably say maybe Alaska. Just because there aren't that many schools, I would would assume. How many schools have wrestling? It's got to be the ones with the least amount of wrestling. Like, California is actually pretty good. I I didn't think it was good. New York is great because so many schools have it. Uh, New Hampshire... Is okay. Um, I feel like what's a wimp? What's like a wimpy, hippy dippy state? That's that's why I want Delaware. It just seemed like Delaware would be a place where it's well, like you, you go Rhode Island only on population. You figure if they got the least amount of people, Rhode Island. Well, they got yeah. the least amount of people, so they might have the least amount of wrestlers, right? Yeah, per per person. It's know. very possible. Maybe. I loved wrestling, man. It was just you know it was probably the most pure stand up comedy and wrestling are the two most pure things that I've ever done in my life. Whereas. You know, you, you tell a joke and you get a laugh, and there's really nothing. There's nothing in between you and the audience, there's, unless you know you're O.J. Simpson or something, and you come out and like, they, no matter how funny the joke is, they, they know you did a mass murder. They're not going to laugh at you. It's just you and the crowd. Uh, when O.J. tells a joke, I laugh. Sometimes I don't, don't want to be next. Yeah. So, sometimes there is other factors, like you have to follow somebody that just murdered or something, and or a big celebrity came and then did an hour and a half. You know, but for the most part, if it's you and the crowd, and the same thing was comedy. I mean, the same thing was uh, was wrestling. It was like if you were the best guy, you were going to win. I mean, there are times that like, you know, a match was five to five, and it was a close call, and you could say that the ref gave it to some because it was a hometown. But normally, like, it shouldn't be that close anyway. Yeah, uh, I remember there was a big deal when I was in junior in high school because one of the kids, you know, all the, the coaches have to turn in their bracket sheet. 
uh, at the end, they have to turn in like what happened in the match. And his best kid, one of the teams, I think it was Exeter or Tabor or Taft, their kid lost. And when they turned into the bracket sheet, they, they highlighted like, you know, you know, let's say Glover beat McMillan and they put an asterisk, bad officiating. Right? And then that just, like, and, and that set off a firestorm of, first of all, you know, you can't. It's an asterisk, yeah. You can't do that. You can't put bad no. officiating. Who wrote that? The coach did when he turned that's it in. Po- what coach? The, uh, One of the Exeter coaches. That's just that. poor. I mean, the official wrote that. That's yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But one of my, but, but well, my dad uh, was one, he was my coach as a kid, right? He was my, my, my high school, my, my, my little league coach. And you were accused of throwing games? What, what? Uh, <laughs> was... Well, I mean, look, I had the, 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 the horses didn't cover that week. And no, I, no, what happened I was, a pair I'll, I'll tell the story. So my dad figured out Very that, prejudiced town. My dad figured out that if we lost, if we won, we were going to make the playoffs no matter what. Right. But if we win, we would actually you know, two play, plays five, we would actually play plays a better four. team. One place than six. if we lost. Right. So he figured that we'd have a better chance in the playoffs if we lost. So he would throw in like the worst players. And the other teams thought my dad was crazy for throwing in like the worst pitcher to well, pitch. Well, there was also a conflict with a soccer match. Remember? There was a soccer match, some tournament soccer match that was at 3 o'clock on that Saturday. And if we, <laughs> if we won the game, we'd have to play at 3. And then there would be a choice. Would we go to soccer? Do we go to baseball? But if we lose the game, we could make the, we could, the, the baseball game would be at 11. So we could play the 11 o'clock baseball game and then go to soccer yeah. by three. So I wanted to get you to the soccer and the baseball, which would have meant... You but know, then they accused you of, of betting on the games. Yeah, which was ridiculous. On like I mean, 10-year-old baseball. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, who, where, do you, where do you go to? Was it a bowl? But you did kind of throw the game a little bit. But you just, it wasn't yeah, for money. Yeah, I wasn't. No, I wanted to get to the soccer <laughs> and the baseball. I wanted to get to both games. Yeah, but if I'm a parent, right? As a kid. And if I'm a parent and I want to win... And I know that the coaches... Well, we had it covered. We were in the playoffs, and we won the next game. It happened to be an easier game to win. Right. Remember? Because right. we did. But remember the guy... We had and we were, and we were six to one favorites, so that was, <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. What, I, that, that, I'm not going to take that bet. That so, was a parlay. So, Joe, Joe, the last time you were on the podcast, you said that you had had sex with a girl that was over a four. Not yeah. like four years old, but like, a, like a, over a, from one to ten, a four. Yeah, I met her on a Tinder, of course, and you know they never turn out to be what they look like in the picture. And well, she, what, is, what is your picture looking like? Oh, it's bad. It's bad. It's of me with bandages all over my face from my surgery. But why did you do that? Because it's funny. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> so uh, I meet her. She's still. She's not what she looks like in the picture, but she's still really pretty. She right. might She might weigh about fifty pounds heavier than the picture, but you know it's no big deal. But she is very pretty. That's the prettiest girl I've ever been with so far. Nice. Good. The second is the six-year-old. All right. Now, How old are you? you? I'm twenty. Twenty. Have you hooked yeah. up with anyone since then? No. Why not? It's hard. It's hard. I'm not a good-looking dude. Oh, you're like a good-looking you guy. Rich. You're a good-looking guy. You need confidence. It's not on my mind right now. What's on your mind? These fights. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. He reminds me of uh, Carson from uh, Ferris Bureau's Day Off. Mm, yes. a, a little bit. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yes. Cody Gar- Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt. I think is fighting Takaya Mizugaki. Uh, so Cody Garbrandt. I had heard, I had heard that got into a fight backstage with uh, with uh, Dominic Cruz after uh, the Uriah Faber fight. With uh, like there was some kind of oh, I did hear something about some of that beef. Yeah. Yes, uh, and so um, yeah, so 
I had heard he got he got into a beef. So Dominic Cruz is saying that he that Garbrandt's been concussed a lot. He he mm-hmm. he would totally beat up Cody Garbrandt, embarrass him, calling him favors like kind of minion. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, I think, is going to wreck Mizugaki. I, I think you're on the right right call. I think there. they're trying to build him up, and I think it's a smart move. And they're trying to make that Dominic Cruz, Cody Garbrandt fight sort of like you beat. Faber, well, the protege comes in and, uh, you know, does that whole thing. And I think Garbrandt, you know, he was a state champ wrestler in high school. He was 30-0 and 0 or 30-1 and 1 as an amateur boxer. Uh, he's got everything. He has been knocked out as an amateur. Uh, it's on YouTube, but that could happen to anybody. It's and an amateur fight, too. What do you mean by that? It's a whole different ballgame in amateurs, man. Like, the, because, especially since I don't know where he fought as amateurs, but most Ami fights are two to three minutes long. So that's a much weird and different pace. A lot of them have smaller cages, which force way more engagement and create le- way less opportunity for defense. And also, at that point, you're building your skill set. So you're going in there going like, okay, today I'm going to work on this thing. It's a whole different thing with amateur fights. And, and it's I've, also, I've a, called like 200 of them, man, and it's, it's a, it's, you can't compare the two. And it's also a wake-up call, I believe, sure. where you, know, you think, oh, I'm, I know there are a lot of guys I've talked to. They're 9-0. They're 15-0. They get knocked out. They tell me, I never thought anyone could knock me out. I didn't think it was possible. I thought I had the greatest chin in the world. Where if you're one and zero as an amateur and you get knocked out, yeah, that's probably the best thing that could happen for you. Uh, if if you know, so. why? Why? Because then you know you can get knocked out. So you right. fight. You fight more careful. You you take less damage in the gym. You you know you you you, you just know. Now you know you're not Superman. So uh, I don't understand this fourth or the second fight on this pay per view card. Which is that Hyung Gyu Lim and Mike Perry, who has no Wikipedia page. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've, I, I'm surprised. I mean, I haven't. He's had Hung Yuk Lim has had like five fights in the UFC. I've never seen the guy before. I, I don't know. I, I don't know about this UFC sale. To be honest, I, I don't know. I mean, I know people are, are are getting really behind the Michael Bisbing Dan Henderson fight. Yeah, I think that's such a joke. Uh, and I just think that he doesn't deserve a title shot. You can't take a guy. Yeah, it's, the, the it's number one guy so should the champions fight the number one guy every time. And if you, the number one guy's on a round, fight the number two guy. Yeah. And you go to number three. But don't just give guys fights because people are going to watch them. No, that, that, I mean, that's one of those real fights that tells you the belt's just a piece of, a piece of hardware. That's all it is. It's just, a, it's just a stack of metal. And which is, I, think, I think sucks. So Raquel Pennington, uh, I think she's going to win this fight against Liz Phillips. Too big, too strong, too but here, look, look how fucked up this card is. That there are, there are two fights in the pay-per-view that you've straight up skipped over to get to the prelims because these fights in the pay-per-view don't make that much sense. Uh, Tim Means. And Saba Homasi, who I don't, I don't know him either. <laughs> yeah, Tim Means, I'm happy to see him back, though. Uh, but you're right. It is a strange some guy fight. Got, some guy got getting pulled up from Titan FC. That's who Saba Humasi is. And then you have Neil Magny Lorenz Larkin on the, on the fight pass. That's crazy, right? And then you have... yeah. Young Yu Lim versus no Wikipedia Perry. And Colby Covington also should not be on Fight Pass. Covington's a solid guy. He's, I think he's 9-1. and one. He's a great wrestler, good fighter, solid fighter. Beat as a one over Mike Pyle. I know he got stopped by the guy that War- I think Warley Alves stopped him early with a standing guillotine or something. But, you know, he's another guy. Yeah, it's weird. Weird well, thing. Young Yu Lim just got knocked out by Neil Magny back in, like, May of last year. So how pissed off are you if you're Neil Magny that you're on the fight pass prelims, whereas this guy that you, you put it on in, in his last fight is getting the pay-per-view? 
I, you know, there's something funny about this card. Like you, it's I was, weird. But even though like people aren't really talking about this card as much as you would think. I know. Well, they're talking only about Glover and Nate. Like Glover and Nate stuff is all over the place. I mean, Nate just did Jimmy Kimmel. Nate is, but but Connor's not. Connor's sorry, been, Connor and Nate. Connor's yeah. been doing no press really. I think well, he was part of the thing, isn't it? It's part of the whole thing. Isn't well, it? I think his thing is he did too much press last time. He couldn't focus on his fight. Right. He lost. He got embarrassed. This time he's like, "Fuck it, I'm not doing press." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's part of his thing. Yeah. yeah. Not good. <laughs> right. Not good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not good for the UFC. It's not good for pay-per-view buys. Probably not going to be good for him. It might be good for him if he wins. Maybe not. If he, I think if, I bet you're better off winning and doing less press than losing and doing a ton of press. I think yes. you're going to see an explosion Maybe. of yeah. press. And I know it's like going to be fight week or whatever. But I think that since he's going to be cooling down in the next week, you're going to see a whole bunch more stuff. You'll see a bunch of shit-talking videos. And people are gonna, in the last four or five days, people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm really excited about this fight. When, Rather, is it, when is the sale final, that whole sale thing? You know, was, uh, I think it's already been finalized. All, so they already yeah. own it, or is it? They yeah, already, they are, yeah, they already so own maybe it. Maybe that's part of it too. You know, they're, they're sort of like shaking you know, the different kind of meetings and different who knows philosophies. And <laughs> as far as the as far as the fight card and, uh, right. and the promotion, you know, I mean, you got a new team. Now you uh, every time I'm always like, Dad, are you going to order the fight? You say I'm not spending sixty dollars on this. Yeah, because every time I order it, I see some stupid fight where the guy gets knocked down in three seconds. I say, you know, I feel like you know seventy dollars. I don't need to spend the seventy bucks. I could go online and look, blow by blow. There's all these great websites. Yeah, that tell you what's going on. Unless I don't know, it just seems. But you're paying, you're paying for the juice. Very though. expensive, man. You're paying right. for the juice. You're paying for that moment. That what live. Moment? That that feeling of seeing it live. That's yeah. what you're paying for. And yeah. You get five yeah. Oh no, I get it. I get it. Listen, as you know, if, it's uh, if you're a fan, you, there's you, you pay you yeah, pay three times as much. You know, you, but you, you have Mets season pass. You have the baseball pass where you get every single Met game. I do. Every, I mean, that's every single one. All those exciting, you know, <laughs> pop flies and yeah. occasional and sometimes I'll, third. I'll catch you driving while watching the Mets. Maybe. Which I think is a terrible idea. Well, I don't drive while I'm... I listen to it while I... Oh, okay. Yeah, I listen to it. Yeah. No, I'm not going to drive watching... You were at the first Mets game ever. I was at the first, uh, first Mets game at Shea Stadium and the last Mets game at Shea Stadium. Oh. Yeah. My dad's funny. That's awesome. same, my same friend, the same buddy from... Uh, my dad's know, funny. He, he told me he was voted best looking in his high school, my dad, right? Yeah. yeah. But then he said if he had a zit, he wouldn't go to school. That's, I'm like, yeah, well, of course you'd be best looking if you go three times to school. <laughs> no, he was defending people, the title. <laughs> you know that line in the Beatles song, got to be good looking because he's so hard to see? Yeah. That's, that's the theory there. That's a, yeah, that's, that's, they can't see you. It's like your, it's like you, that's your theory with, uh, what is it? Match that, what is it, Tinder? Or? Tinder, okay. Like, you kind of, what, what do you have on your face? You have the, I had bandages on my face yeah, same my thing. surgery. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. same thing. No, I thought no his theory deal. was just swipe right continuously. <laughs> that is. Yeah. I've completely swiped right on every single woman in the 25-mile <laughs> radius of my apartment. Great. Maybe you shouldn't have bandages on your face as your profile pic. And there are bloody funny. bandages, too. I so. know it's funny to you, but have you got any... I'm not taking it too serious. When I start to look for an actual girlfriend, I'll be taking it serious. One, one bandage at a time. But, but, one but your, your dick is sitting there going like, hey, man, I don't have bandages on. Can you get this shit off your face? Because, yeah, you're like, this is really hilarious. Maybe I'll attract a girl who likes to cut herself or whatever weird shit she's into. <laughs> I'm open to everything. Man. That's fine. That's Here, fine. Here's what you do. This is what I used to right do, right? Joe's got it. I used to go, hey, you're really beautiful. We have a lot in common, right? Because mm-hmm. then girls go, 
They get, they get inquisitive. Oh, it's about me. They go, oh, what do we have in common? And then I would just copy and paste their profile pic and be like, we both like. And then their profile yeah, pic? I mean, the profile, like, their whole profile thing. Like we, both, yeah. we, like, we both like, I'm a southern girl from blah, 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 blah. And then, and then they, would, they would laugh. That's a, it's a good thing to. That's well, hilarious. Joe has a much better strategy. What he does, he shows a picture of himself in bandages <laughs> and then goes, hey, here's all the knives that I own. And they're all laid out <laughs> on his bed collectively. That's funny. That's very funny. <laughs> and where'd you meet your wife? How did I meet? Uh, yeah. We met at Jewish summer camp as camp counselors. Really? Yeah. We didn't start dating then. Uh, she, I was dating somebody else, so she dated somebody else for a while, and then we met again at another camp years later, and then again we met up in Israel randomly, and then I finally got wise and dumped my ex, and I spent a few months being single and having fun. Now, you're and, at the comedy store almost every night. Yeah, I'm there like three, four nights a week. And, and what, from what hours? Seven to two now, a lot of the know, times. And, really? and, and your wife yeah. is cool with this? Yeah. I got the good one. <laughs> Adam's face. You guys, you guys are all, yeah, sorry for all the rest of you guys, but I got the good one. How is, how is that possible? Does she want kids? Yeah. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get started sooner rather than later. Good. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Just she, she, know, she knew what she was signing up for when she started dating me. I got to meet this girl. Yeah. Four nights. She's super so cool. You got, Where can four, I meet right? this person? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, three four nights a week. Yeah. Three or Does four she ever nights. come to your shows? I try to keep her away from shows as much as possible. Like, if, the, the, if, if, if there's a big one... Or she hasn't seen me in a while. Like, okay, yeah, come out, check something out. But in general, it's like, no, I don't want you to come here and hear me working, like, tweaking one word in a joke every other night. Does she keep kosher? Co- it's more than I do. She doesn't eat shellfish, doesn't... She mixes, but that's because the meat and milk law is kind of a, a bullshit law. Um, but she doesn't eat shellfish, doesn't eat pork, stuff like that. Huh. She's more kosher than I do. I don't give a fuck. My girl would flip if I did that. If, like, if you kept I, kosher? No, if, like, eight hours a night, I was at the... I mean, I, it's kind well, of... Yeah, listen, I mean... Not for nothing, you're going to be doing on the road. What? What? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So well, that's just, at least he's in town. More than, at least he's in town, right? Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And it's only three or four nights. It's yeah. not seven. Yeah, like so I like I have Fridays permanently off. Now, how pissed are you? Like sometimes when you're because you're a good comic and you see these and you're seeing people every day, yeah. and, and then you get these comics that like have a YouTube credit or something or have some heat, Vine, and, and then they show up and do ten minutes of shitty material. Uh, are you in the back punching something or? Uh, yes and no, because I mean I can't deny that that comes in, and you sit there go like, why is this? Why is this twenty-two year old with nothing to say, like able to able to get an agent manager booking all this stuff because they do a, a clipped up thing on YouTube? On the same side, I was never gonna be that guy. That was never gonna be me either way. So it's not like he took something from me specifically. So I'll go through those. I'll go through bouts. So there's sometimes where I'm like, I'm so angry. God, I hate this billboard of this kid across. Like the Ondas always has some YouTube star on there and it's always frustrating and there are times when I look at guys like Bill Burr I love his first album because his first album he has a joke about how he's 34 years old and still sleeping on a futon and I'm like I'm 32 and I have a bed I'm beating Bill Burr so at, at the moment in terms of where we were in our right, lives right so no it's just I, I, gotta, I gotta keep working hard and wait for my time I remember I was in acting class with Bill Burr in New York and uh, he, he like did a scene and the, hey, and the, Adam you know and the casting director was like why have I not seen you? Like, what, what's going on? And then he's like, well, you know, I, I was in L.A. and I, I, I did comedy for like three years and I booked the show Townies and Molly Ringwald and uh, it got picked up for six episodes and then he, he moved to L.A. and did nothing for three years and couldn't get an audition, nothing. Then he came back to New York and wanted to do the Apollo. That was his goal. Got dropped by his agent, dropped by his manager. Like, he had no manager, no agent and she was helping him. The casting person was actually trying to help him like, and that's, where, that's where Bill Burr was. And to see Bill Burr from there to where he is now is just really kind of inspirational. Adam Hunter, he's a fella. Yeah. So he's a, yeah, he's, he's a good guy, Bill Burr. 
He's a, and he's a, and he's a he's a hard working dude. Really hard working guy. Yeah. That was yeah. my best Bill Burr, by the way. I don't know if you guys caught on. This is how bad it was. Uh, I, thought that was I thought Bill Burr was here. That's how good it was. Oh, yeah. I actually oh, thank was you. like, wow, did Bill Burr just show up? You know, Bill, if you ever need someone to do your podcast for you because you're busy. <laughs> All right. You can write for him. I know it's 645. you got to head out. Oh, yeah. i got to get going. Yes. Rich, I, I got to go, go do the store. Thanks, man. Rich, Take care, buddy. Pleasure, you. pleasure, pleasure. See you soon. Thank you, Rich. Have a good All day. All right. So, uh, yeah, it looks like we're not going to have Raquel. This guy says, I got a guy on standby. Who can? Um, he's one thirty-five going pro. Come on, Jesus! All right, well, so, I have a question what's that that? about the card. Yeah. So we have Artem Lob- Lobov. Yeah, I think he's he's really good. That guy. He's really good. You think so? Did he lose his last couple fights. Uh, let's see right now. He oh. lost to Ryan Hall in the Ultimate Fighter. Okay. He's twelve and twelve. Oh, the Russian Hammer. Yes, maybe he's. Uh... He trains with Connor. That's his big thing. He's always oh. with Connor, riding around in the. Oh, you know what about him? He's always retweeting me. That's why I'm. That's why I, I, I'm actually. Re- no, he he he. He's fighting Chris Avila. He lost to Alex White. He lost to Ryan Hall in the finale. Yep. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he's uh, yeah. So what about him? Do you think he's gonna win? Against this dude who looks like Eddie Munster. It, do I think he's going to beat? He looks like Eddie Munster. Yeah, dude, right here on the right looks like Eddie Munster in that picture. Wow. Uh, do I think he's going to win? Because he like, sort of relies on his brute strength Chris knockout Avila. power. Who, Chris Avila? No, it's Artem. A, is he fighting Chris Avila? Yeah, Artem versus Chris Delia. Chris Avila. Not Delia. Uh, he's, this is his UFC pro. I've heard of him before. Yeah, he trains with the Diaz brothers. Uh, I think cool. he, and I think he's really good. So this is, it's like Connor's boy versus Diaz's boy. That's who's, awesome. Who's yeah. favorite to win the fight? You know? I don't I know. I have no idea. I would I think know. it'd be uh, Artem. Artem being he's five and one. I mean, you five know, and five and two. You know, a lot of it is the other one's a journeyman. A lot of it is right? the first time in the UFC. That's a that's a big factor. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys are great. Their second, third, their fourth fight. It's that first fight. It's that 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 nerves. You know. It's not good. I can't even imagine. Other people, it's their first fight, and it goes the other way. Right. You know. It's like uh, when you when you face a pitcher that's a rookie, and nobody can get a hit off the guy, and you never saw him before because yeah. they don't know what he's going to do. If he's serious, sometimes, uh, or it, but that's or uh, he yeah, can get rocked, you know, and let nerves. Yeah, so it really depends. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that fight, though. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go. I mean, I, I might be able to get tickets. I think it's harder for me now to get tickets for comps because uh, of the sale. Mm, my, my, that's my true. He's like, dude, we don't we don't have enough. They don't get tickets as much because of the... Yeah. The, 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 is, yeah. It, is it still hard to get tickets that are like in the very back nosebleeds? Because, you know, you're, whenever you get tickets, you're always like in the first like five rows. Yeah, right? that's what I, those are the tickets that I want. You want the nosebleeders. <laughs> no, know. I don't want the nosebleeds. Are you crazy? But is it hard to get those from this probably person? Not. You, you probably can, can always get those. The problem is the company doesn't get those to, oh, get, to okay, give out. I was wondering. But those ones kind of suck because you're sitting there and you're just watching the monitor the, the whole time. You're not even really watching the octagon. And I'd rather, if I'm going to watch a monitor, I'd rather be it the comfort of my own home. Right. And there's like no live commentary in the stadium, right? That's what I love about watching UFC at home. We've got Joe Rogan, Mike Goldberg. Not so much Mike Goldberg, I like Joe Rogan. I like the live commentary telling me what's going on. Sometimes and, I don't like that, though. There are times when I'm there but where you, kinda, you make up your own mind. I know people that are, they go to the fights and they get the headphones so they could hear Joe Rogan and them adopt, uh, talking about the fight. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? 
Like you're at, you can't just you watch make up it. Your own mind. Yeah, you don't have to have someone tell you what you're watching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would you watch it then? That's you might as well just listen. <laughs> right. I don't understand. What are you that. there? You know. But they yeah, do it. But yeah, they, ball games they, too. They're the listening to them. I can understand if they're if you're looking for yourself to be on the camera or something, you know, or yeah, after you caught a ball, you know, you, right. You want, why would you want to listen to someone else tell you what's going on while it's right in front of you? I agree. Exactly. Like, it's it's annoying. Like, kind of. A hundred percent annoying. I, I, I don't understand that at all. That, that's it's weird. It's, it's part of that whole ADD thing. Yeah, because like, every time I go to a baseball game, there's some dude sitting next to me and he's playing the live radio feed right. while he's at the game. Yeah, it's, it's part of the, weird. It's an bombardment of the senses. You yeah. Know? It's pretty, so you got to eat. I think it's also you don't want to think for watch. yourself, too. That's sad, isn't it? I think it's you need someone telling you what is going on. Right, yeah. it's the sheep generation. Is that what it is? Well, yeah, everybody's sheep. They're following sheep? something. You don't think there were sheep back then, though? Oh, uh, yeah, but it wasn't so easy to get to the sheep because you didn't have, you know, the internet and all these different ways of uh, phones. You know, we used to have to go in a phone booth to make a phone call. You didn't have, a, you couldn't put it out of your pocket. You didn't have GPS. You had to actually follow, get a map. Or follow directions. Now it's all Google. You can find that. You don't even need to see a doctor half the time. Yeah, which I think is the scariest thing ever. I think anytime I do WebMD, I try to diagnose what I have. It's always a hundred times worse. It's never what it is. And it's helpful. It was hel- I tell you something? Here's here's interesting. Your uh, whole uh, what do you call it? This uh, operation you had, yeah. a- ACL operation. Yeah. We were remember you were at the club Tuesday night, and we asked a bunch of people. And they said, oh, you, you won't drive for You won't be able to do this. Oh, you will be. Everybody was wrong. Yeah. Right? You went to the yeah. therapist and everybody was off. Everybody's wrong. If, I think Google, the step, what, good foot, good foot up, yeah, yeah, yeah. bad foot down, that's Google. I find that with pets, it's good. Yeah. Uh, when I, ever, yeah, I go, like, why is my pet doing this? Right. And then 100 people come up and then usually it's pretty right mm-hmm. on the money. Uh. Okay. Maybe because people that are good pet owners will actually take the time to do that. <laughs> versus like people you just ran- if I randomly ask why is my pet doing this at the bar, I would get really stupid answers. You're like, Who but, wants a pet? Or yeah, but if you get isolated answers, but if people actually go out of their way to tell you that, they're probably good they- pet owners. And probably the same thing with you know whether I don't know. Wait, so are you going to keep the little black kitten? No, I I actually wouldn't mind keeping it. I would keep all the kittens in the world if it was up to me. But right. you know, we already have two. I already have two cats and a dog, and Bree has a cat. So now we're gonna have three cats and a dog, and her cat is definitely not gonna like these cats. I get. I is it a female? Female cat. Ooh. She doesn't like people or animals. Because you can't That's have terrible. two female cats. What are you so, gonna do? Well, when we live together, we're going to just do it. Last night, the cats were fighting, and we were going to... First, we were going to try to break... cat was here? No, my cats, the little mama, the new one, the the pregnant ones were fighting, and Bree was trying to break it up, and I'm like... It's going to be like Game of Thrones, your house, because everybody's (laughs) going to have their own section. You have your cats are fighting each other. Bree's cats are going to come in and want to fight every cat. And they're gonna man. Now you got alliances it's like Game of Thrones, by the way. It's like cat gangs got in different, different parts of the apartment. I, you know, yeah. the thing is, I, I told uh, I, the thing is, I, I told her, I said, you gotta let the cats fight as as, as much as you don't want them fighting. Well, you're, you know, you're like it's a fight. No, that's what my vet said. No, that's what my vet said. My really? vet, the vet told me, he yep. said, he said, look, we, we, cats, they're not like dogs. They're not gonna just right. love each other. He's like, he's like, I've, I've, out of a hundred cats, yeah, all the cats he's ever dealt with, only one time he said. And here's two cats, they became friends. It's always going to be a fight. And you got to let them work it out on their own. You separate them for a week, 
at first. You put one cat in the bathroom, get put up something that smells like the other cat, put it in the bathroom, yada yada. Wow. And then so it gets used to the smell and then you let him out. But We've done that with little mama for she was in the bathroom for two months, right. pregnant. It wasn't like right. so well, now she's we'll, protecting the baby. I think she's protecting the baby against the cat that only comes out at night. You know, it's like that. You, you have that one cat just Carmen. You don't, I never even I haven't seen the cat. Is that the orange ever. cat? Yeah, the orange cat. I saw that cat just dart from under uh, the couch in there. I've never seen that cat before. It scared <laughs> right. the crap out of yeah. me. Like, yeah, I know. It came cat? out of a drawer once. I was I came in here. <laughs> Adam was on the road and I had to get something out of his apartment that he needed and I w- opened the drawer. His cat jumped out of the drawer. I almost so scared the hell yeah. out of me, man. I didn't know what it was. I know. He told me that I was on the phone dying laughing. She, what happened was there was this cat that was in the, someone's backyard. The whole family was in the backyard. The whole family of wild cats, and the the neighbor was throwing rocks at the cats to get it out of the garden. So the cat was being abused in some ways. In other ways, it's like the woman has a garden. You want to get these fucking cats out of here. So I could see both sides of the situation. Sam, you don't you shouldn't throw rocks at animals. Maybe it was a pebble and it was exaggerated the story back to me. Yeah. So she's <laughs> like so she find the the girl takes the cats and brings them to the vet. The mom, the sister, and this one, Carmen. And she puts on Facebook, who, who I found this cat in the backyard, they're it's gonna die. I called the the, the 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 pound and I said, I want this cat. Wow. The guy goes, You don't want that cat. I go, What do you mean? He goes, This cat's dangerous. It's this this cat's it says we'll strike. It's level one to five, five being the worst. It's like a three or four. I said, no, I want that cat. He goes, fine, you got to have the cat. So I go in and get the cat. The cat is skittish. Mm-hmm. She comes out. She wants her ass pet for like five minutes a day. She has, that's her thing. She puts her butt up to you. She wants you to pet. She purrs, and she's done with you, and she leaves. Uh-huh. But she's sweet. She, they, ten minutes, they, sometimes she's, when it's just me and her, she's fine. And she kind of likes Frankie. She doesn't like this new one. So there's a, there's a whole female thing. Male cats are a lot nicer than female cats right. for some, re- some reason. Probably male people, too. But. That's what I say. Cat fights. It's usually <laughs> girls, right? Yeah. Isn't that description? Right. Exactly. Mm. Interesting. So yeah. right now you live in an apartment, and I can see it's kind of hard to have like 50 animals like you have in an apartment. But later on down the road when you're rich and you have a big house, do you think you're going to have just like an insane uh, amount of animals? Just, wow. Yeah, yeah. I hope not. Yeah. Man. Come on. Yeah, of course. I, right? I think so. You have to. Really? Look, I... The, a zoo. To me, like this... People that have, they say there's a study that I'm just making up, but that if, 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 you, have, yeah, right. uh, yeah. if you have animals, you live longer. It's true. Uh, and you're happier. Yep. And the thing about animals is they love you unconditionally. Like mm-hmm. this Miles was next to me the whole time. I mean, right. the whole time I was sick, did not leave my side. Yeah. Uh, he knew I was sick. This cat last night, part of the reason I couldn't sleep because she was up on me. He was on my chest. This Frankie. Yeah, Frankie. You know, like... The animals are just the best. Right. I, that's, why, that's why when you see like Michael Vick dogfighting or this other kid, supposedly Dan Swift was dogfighting, you, you know, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get sport hunting. I don't get it. I, don't, I, understand, I understand food hunting. I don't even fish anymore. Really? Yeah. What's worse is uh, breeding a, an animal, like just one, like a female dog and just keep breeding that same dog over and over again because what happens is their nipples they stretch all the way down to the floor and they don't suck back up so this dog I was at the pound and I saw right. this dog and its nipples were like dragging on the floor because it had bred, been bred mm-hmm. so many times right uh, yeah, that's right. it's terrible uh, yeah, yeah with fishing did it remind you of that six year old you had sex with exactly yes so, that's why it's terrible <laughs> What were you saying? I was saying with, with fishing, I used to love to fish, but then I saw a cartoon once, and there's a guy on a beach, lying on a beach, in a, in a beach chair, eating a big, you know, just lying on a beach chair, and there's this fish in the ocean with a rod with a tuna fish sandwich in, on a, on a yeah. hook in front of the guy lying there. I was saying, yeah, right. What, why bother that, you know? Yeah. I mean, 
if you have to eat, no, I, you know, I mean, that's that's making a meal, but. Yeah, no, it's true. I understand for eating. They say it doesn't hurt the fish from always flapping around. I mean, but I just think there's enough food out there where you don't have to go hunt your own. Yeah, that's good. People, other people say, well, you know, it's just it's to actually better that way that the cattle aren't you know tortured and this you know. I and the hunters will defend hunting forever, and I have no problem with hunting if you're going to eat it. But sport hunting, if you're hunting a bear, if you're hunting you know something to get a a head on your wall, an or elephant, an or elephant, like even like even like the even like the the, uh, the uh, Trump sons. Donald Trump's kids. Yeah, what do you, yeah, terrible. And like, like a cheetah or something? Something where they went to like Africa right. and did they, some safari. Yeah, they killed a big crocodile. They killed an elephant. He had a, who's holding the elephant tail. Yeah, and these guys are on ESP. Are not, Leopard. And they're on Fox News and they're on CNN. And you want to listen to what these guys have to say, but I just can't Ted keep... Ted Nugent. I just can't keep... Yeah, that guy's another and guy. Squirrels. Yes. I, I don't, I don't get it. The boy Dukes. The boy Dukes. I don't get it. It's not my thing. That's, I don't like it. Freaking sport hunting. It's like, what's the point, man? You're hanging up on the like the scene from Ace Ventura when he goes into the big room and there's like all like the animal heads all yeah. over and he just has like a heart attack. That's like that's how I feel. Like it's my favorite movie because that was a great movie. Yeah, you relate to him so much. It's, it's funny. Lover. I actually did a, sh- a comedy show in uh, in Texas. I did the comedy strip and he and I was talking to Bart, the owner, and he's like, I go, who are some of the biggest guys you ever had here? And he's like, he had Jim Carrey. Do comedy there, mm. and he, and Jim was telling him, "Yeah, I got this new movie coming out. I think it's going to be big." He said, "What's it called?" He goes, "Ace Ventura." I think people are going to like it. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> like look how big that was, you know. One of the funniest scenes in cinematic history is the rhino scene when he's coming out of the that, electric rhino. I watched that about a year ago, and I cried laughing. <laughs> I was crying, like I I had to pause it. Like I, I was laughing so hard. It's ridiculous. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. To, to this day, like it makes the movie's good. It's an underrated movie. I think one of those things with the first one was so good that the second one couldn't be as good, but it was still good. But it's still like those. I have a philosophy on comedic actors that when you're still doing comedy, when you're a comedian and you're doing stand-up comedy, you have. You in front of an audience. And yeah, they're going to give you respect if you're on TV, but you have to make them laugh, mm-hmm. especially if you're going up there with like heavy hitters. And there's a certain humbleness and a certain insecurity and a certain uh, down-to-earthness, let's say, that you're going to have because you have to impress them every day. And you get these, these comedians that become stars. And then when they become actors, and they're, they're still doing stand-up comedy in the beginning, their comics are, their, their movies are amazing. Look at Adam Sandler... Eddie Murphy, Jim Carrey, uh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. I mean, it's just, just this, you know, oh my God, this is the funniest guy ever. And then they, Kevin start, Hart. Then they start doing movies. Well, Kevin Hart's still doing stand up. And then they start doing movies. And they don't want to go back to stand up. Because mm-hmm. why would you? You're getting, I mean, you could do tours and theaters and stuff, but if you're getting 5 million or 10 million or 20 million, let's put Martin Lawrence in this category too. Uh, versus you're getting okay, you're getting door deals or whatever you're doing, but you're not starting with that. You got to start from scratch. So you're going to sh- shitty comedy clubs or the smaller comedy clubs, and then you're not as fun. They go fuck the stand up. I'll just become a movie star, and then you're around people that are basically paid to laugh at you. They're yes men. They're, 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 their job is to make you feel good about yourself. And you're in a room and you're pitching an idea and they go, oh, that's great, that's great, that's great. But you're not getting the person who works every day who you have to connect with. You're not getting your audience telling you whether something's good or not. Right. And 
slowly, their movies are not as funny as when they were still doing stand-up comedy. And also, when your you're movies a big movie are star, comedy. Well, they're comedy now. They're not doing comedy anymore. Oh, so, you, so their, their movies, movies fall. Their, their movies fall too because they're not on stage. Connecting. They're not connecting. They're right. not. They don't have their mm-hmm. pulse on what's really funny. And I think Jim Carrey falls into that, ca- that category. Uh, Jim Carrey's first movies: Ace Ventura, Liar Liar, uh, Me Myself and Irene was was good. The Mask. Uh, the Mask. Mask he was, was still doing stand up back then. Yeah. Not was, as much, yeah, but he was still doing stand up, and it was it was amazing. When Martin Lawrence was still doing stand-up, and you look at... He was doing the show Martin, and he was doing, uh, you know, Def Comedy Jam, and he was doing even his first couple movies. He was hilarious. Uh, Adam Sandler was still doing stand-up in the beginning. He was on Saturday Night Live, okay, which even that is, is another boot camp of comedy. And The Wedding Singer, Happy Gilmore, uh, Billy Madison... Hilarious. Water boy. Yeah. Then, then he's the water boy. Then he stops and he's just doing these like little Nikki, Jen, Jen, Jennifer Aniston, romantic kind. You're like, mm, interesting, interesting. And I, I just, I think it's because you're, uh, you're not as hungry. You don't have that eye of the tiger, and you also don't have the people telling you, no, it's not funny. And, and you don't, and that's that, that sucks. That's the hardest part of it. You know, you have. I saw one time, I, uh, a comedian go on stage and. He was like not getting laughs. He's like, hey, but I'm in movies. And someone's like, but your movies suck. That's funny. <laughs> you know, uh, and that humbles you, but that makes you funnier. I'll never forget. I did The Tonight Show. First time I did it. The next day I was on a cruise ship. The next day. And I go on the next night and a joke bombs. And I tell the crowd, uh, hey, just so you know, I did that joke on a, last night on <laughs> Leno. Yeah. And some lady in the crowd goes, That's I funny. didn't laugh then either. <laughs> so, so, I mean, but there's something very funny about that failing. And when you stop failing... And you stop having people connecting with people, it's like you're not as funny. And then there are people that maybe they would have been move, move bigger movie stars if they had not been so into comedy. I mean, you know, David well, David Tell is like a you know a comedy just a fucking workhorse, and mm-hmm. some of these other guys. The rare, yeah. I mean, if like there are like a Woody Allen movie, when you see the. Du- Guys who write the movies, a stand-up comic who actually sits down and writes the movie. Yeah, which is a, I don't know how many people do that. Dan Aykroyd, does Dan Aykroyd do it? Woody Allen does it. Yeah, when you, when you see his movie, you're seeing him do stand-up through the dialogue. Yeah. Now, if he could go back on stage, if he'd want to, for instance, and do a you know, he probably can't because he's got so much shit going on with yeah. the Mia Farrow and all that stuff. But you know, assuming that that he had an audience and he could go back on stage and do his dialogue through his movie and do the stand-up, that would be exceptional. That's, that's the mark. Right? Well, I mean, that's kind of what Judd Apatow is doing right now, kind of. You know, he's doing stand-up comedy every night, and I think his movies probably get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he writes or just produces and directs? Does he, he actually write the movie? He, he, he directs it. I think he writes some of them, too. Yeah. If he, uh, if he writes it, you can see the writing of his stand-up in his movie. That's, but it's also a drug. I mean, it's a drug. I mean, you get on stage and you have people laughing at you, and yeah. it, it's such a drug. But yeah. I mean, you know, like uh, someone like Seinfeld probably could have been a. I mean, he could have. He had still a, does once in a while. He'll go out. No, and he do does stand up all the time. Yeah, but uh, but he probably could have. Like a lot of comics, a lot of actors, they sacrifice how good of a, a comedy they could have been right. because of the acting. Where he'd be the opposite. In some ways, sacrificing the show, the movie, because, the uh, TV career, right, for stand up, right. Which, unless he just wanted to keep doing it, which is not why. Why do it? First no, of all, everybody well, in that show is a superstar now. I mean, Elaine has got. Well, that's his whole thing. Is like he's. I, I think he just loves stand up, 
and wanted to become right. And he does know, this thing in cars, can, yeah, which is which is he likes to do it, obviously, you right. know. And he had the president, he did, then he had Obama in a car. I mean, yeah. so he's, he's his shows, he's having fun. Also, you know? when you become a big movie star and you start off doing stand up, you can't just stick around, just go to the ha ha, go to the ice house, go to the improv, and just be happy there. You're gonna have people telling you, dude. You have thousands and thousands of fans. You got to do arenas now, and I think there comes some. Uh, I think it depends. I mean, like at the haha, we see Damon Wayans there every, all the time. Yeah, uh, he's a big, very funny. And he's one of the funniest. I think he's one of the most underrated comedians. That he, bit he does about his, his his father named him the same name. No, that's Damon Junior. I'm oh, saying yeah. Damon Senior. Oh, Damon Junior is really funny too. He's hilarious. But They're his father, funny. his father, he does the whole thing about Magic Johnson's son. <laughs> And he talked about how, how, how gay Magic Johnson's son is. And he was like, and he was saying how it must have been hard, like, as a kid, you know, you're Magic Johnson, your son is like, and he has a show called EJ in the City, which is a real, which is, yeah, it's on E now. And he's like, he'd go, he'd be at a party, be like, hey, you know, I'm Magic. And the kid would be like, and I'm voila. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is so funny. Wayne's. Is hilarious. Damon Wayans is one of the most underappreciated comedians out there. I mean, he's really funny. Uh, yeah, Junior's funny too. The, Junior. the stuff he talks about, where how he his father got divorced from his mom, yeah, and he named, but he has to be named after his father. So every time his mother gets pissed at his father, she's got to look at him. And yeah, how, and, and he looks growing like up dad. like that. Is, yeah. yeah, he looks yeah. like his dad on top. Of it. Yeah, yeah, that's really good stuff. It is. It is good stuff. Did you see this? I'm going to bring this all back to UFC. I'm right. sorry. Okay. All right. Did you see the new CM Punk? Documentary type thing they're doing. It's like a special thing made by the UFC. I might watch that, but only under protest. Do you think it's kind of weird that they're making this big thing about him when they're not really focusing on his opponent, this young kid, Mickey Gall? Well, no one's going to watch that. If you have the, the road to Mickey Gall, I mean, I don't think maybe Mickey Gall's family will watch it. I think I just think the Mickey Gall story is way cooler than the CM Punk story. This it is, but CM dude. Punk has like two. Five million followers on Instagram and or on Twitter, and and that they only signed it because of his name, right? You know, I, I, look, I give the guy a lot of credit. The guy was a professional wrestler, made a ton of money, had a great career, just kind of gave it all up to try to actually become a, a fighter. I just think it's too late. I think it's too late. Mm-hmm. He's forty years old. What is he doing? It's a, it's it's a, it's a it really undercuts. It really under. Uh, values the product I think because it's saying okay if you have enough money and fans you can become a UFC fighter not if you have enough skill Mm -hmm. because he didn't get there by skill he had zero amateur fights he's had no pro fights and you know the Lakers are not going to let fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin play center because he has a lot of Twitter followers Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't be he should not be able to get this because of his name it it to me, I understand you're doing it for money. You want more eyeballs on it. You want UFC, you want WWE people to cross over and say, hey, you know, wow, look at that. And then once they get hooked on it once, they'll still watch it. It's a huge fan base. At the same time, I think it, it undervalues. And it, if I'm a fighter, I'm pissed off. And I, You're a purist. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you think Brock sort of gets a slight pass just because of his wrestling background, like his actual real wrestling He was a background. two-time national yeah. champion. He was a great wrestler. He was in high school. He was a phenom, and he didn't just go right to the UFC. He had, a, I think, he had a, a fight in Strikeforce first or something, or he had a fight in one of, in Elite XC. He had some fight before the UFC. He fought some Asian dude. I think maybe it was Hong Mon Choi or it wasn't. It was fought somebody. He didn't. Just, it wasn't his first fight. 
uh, he didn't have a ton of experience, but he's still a wrestler. He still, he still had a, a martial arts background. Right. And to me, it's like saying, okay, and the Laugh Factory does it. The Laugh Factory or the improv, they'll put up a guy with a billion Twitter followers. So I see it, but I understand if it's one-off on... It, this is the biggest stage in the world for fighting, mm-hmm. the UFC. And you shouldn't be able to cut every line because of your name. Mm-hmm. You should be able to get there because of your fight skill. And he has not proven that he has the skill to make the UFC. And no one's really seen him fight, right? Like, Nobody. And, and people that I know that train with him say it doesn't look very good. He gets beat up by guys that are not even that weren't even RFA guys or you know CFA guys. Or he, it's, he's not looking good. Supposedly in simulated fights, he went one in twenty against non UFC fighters. Or but other people say he's good. Other people that he trains with say the guy's really good. Well, he trains I, with. Yeah, but am I going to watch it? Sure. Am I happy for Mickey Gall who gets to fight him? Sure, but if Mickey Gall, if CM Punk wins against Mickey Gall, ugh. Uh, I mean, you know. But you know who cares? Right. It's a weird fight. It's a whole weird situation. It, you it, know. It, it, to me, it, 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 hey, Tisha Torres. This is uh, this is Adam Hunter. How's it going? Oh, hi, Adam. Hey, you're, you're, you're on the MA Roasted podcast. <laughs> I'm at a painting class right now, Adam. Are you really? I just wanted to say hello and uh, hi. I think you're an Am awesome really fighter. Am I really online right now? What? Am I really online right now? Yeah, yeah, but I could actually take it off if you if you, if you want me to. Oh uh, no, that's fine. I don't care. Here, say hi to Raquel Pennington. Oh, well, that's the thing. We were, we were. Hey, Raquel Pennington. Hunter, he, he's like a, hey, how's it going? Hey, we're, we're supposed. You're supposed to be on the podcast right now. And and I've called you five times. Where have you been? I don't have any calls. Yeah, you do. Check your check your phone. I I, I called the. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I have zero calls. I called the seven one nine number six four one. I'm not gonna say the next four. Yeah, don't say the next one. <laughs> no, I'm not saying the next four. But your manager hooked it up and said that you had you're gonna be on the podcast today. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was how, down for that. Oh, uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to your fight, uh, UFC 202. I'm putting money on you. I-, I think you got this. That's a good choice. Yeah. I. 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 Are you ready? Are you prepped? Are you excited or what? Hell yeah, I'm excited. Is this the biggest stage? You think is this the biggest fight you you've, you've had? One of one of the biggest? Probably the Holly Holm one, but it's up there. Um, you know, I think it's just a pretty good card. Uh, but as far as the biggest fight, no, it's not that. It's not the biggest one. I think, a great you, I think you are the dark horse of the division. I think you are a girl. You know, you've, you've beat Betch Cahaya. You beat Jessica Andrade. Uh, you arguably beat Holly Holm, a very close fight. You beat Ashley Ev- Evans. I think people are overlooking you. Uh, it's always been that way. Why That's is okay, that? Though. Well, I'm just kind of the dark horse of women's MMA. Yeah, I think, and plus you're hot. I, I, know, that you like, I, I know that you like chicks. I know you're more of a into girls, but still, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I think they could market you better. So, uh, how? Uh, yeah, what? How can they market me better? Yeah, how can they market you better? I don't know. I think the best bet would just be stop underestimating me. Yeah, that's a good well, point. I'll just keep proving myself one way or the other. 
That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be good. Uh, do you see this fight with, with uh, Phillips being more on the ground, a grappling contest, or a stand-up war? Um, you know, I mean, she goes either way. I've seen fights where she goes to the ground. I've seen fights where she stand up. Uh, I don't really care. A lot of people haven't got to see my ground game. And um, so that'll be an exciting show if that's where it happens to go. Um, I'm just prepared in all areas. Now, are you an American top team now? No. I'm in Colorado. Oh, so you flew in Tisha? No, Tisha's up here visiting me. Ah, got it. Now, I remember the one time I saw you at a party, you were macking, you had all the bitches around you, uh, tons of chicks. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm telling you, you were, you were running shop. Um, is it still that way? Are you, are you more settled down now? You got a girlfriend? What's the deal? I'm uh, more settled down. I don't know what kind of party you were talking about. All right. I just kind of made that up. You're putting me on blast. I, I'm putting not putting on you on blast. I'm not putting... So who's this girl? Who's what girl? Like, you, do, you, do you have a, a, a girlfriend now, or are you single, or what? I'm just settled down. <laughs> just focusing on fighting, focusing on myself. All right. All right. Okay. That's a good answer. All right. So let's, let's run through the car with you. All right. Uh, Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor. Who do you think wins? I'm going to go with Diaz. Hmm, how? Um, I don't know. <laughs> All right, good analysis so far. All right, what about Glover Teixeira versus Anthony Johnson? Teixeira versus Anthony Johnson? Yeah. Teixeira. You think Glover's going to win, really? How? Why? I'm just a fan, <laughs> so I'm choosing him. <laughs> oh, gotcha, because you're a fan. Gotcha. Now, uh, today on the underground, it said Juliana Pena fat shame Ronda Rousey by saying she has fat arms. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think she should probably stop criticizing other people. Hmm. That was very nice of you. Uh, is that a fight that you want? So after, if, if, you, if you beat Liz Phillips, who are you calling out? Pena. Are you calling out Pena? Ah, shots She's a fired. fighter I've wanted since the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That'd be a good fight. That'd be a good fight. Who do you think win, Pena or uh, Nunez? Um, I think it'll be a good fight. I'm leaning towards Amanda, but uh, I think it would definitely be a tough fight. Um, she would need the cardio for that fight. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good. That is a good fight. That's a solid fight. I think um, Nunez might be the hardest hitter in your division. Uh, aside from she's a hard hitter and she's uh, pretty dangerous in the first round but um, after that once you get past that first round then uh, it's free game yeah no, that's true that's true uh, Rick Story Donald Cerrone Cerrone he's hmm. my buddy why is that? I said Cerrone he's my buddy oh he's your buddy so you're just picking your buddies yeah. not versus who you think's gonna win <laughs> All right, Random Marcos versus Casey. Courtney Casey. Uh, I'm going to go with Randa. I think she's a solid fighter. Yeah. She has a lot of heart. She is. I like Randa. <laughs> now, is Randa your kind of girl, or you like more, uh, do you like more like, like, like butchy kind of girls or more into lipstick girls, small girls? What's, what's a Raquel Pennington type chick? I like feminine girls, but yet athletic and chill, where they can just throw up their hair and throw on a hoodie and go. They don't got to spend five hours getting ready. 
Me too. I mean, I think we have the same taste in chicks. We should double date. I got engaged, by the way. You did? Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. So she's, she's off limits. So I'm, I'm keeping her away from you. Cause I, like, <laughs> I, I know how you like to turn chicks. And just so you know. No, whatever. Now, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in Vegas next week. I have shows Monday through Sunday at the Stratosphere. When, when are you going to town? Uh, I'll be there Tuesday. Well, when you, well, Tuesday night, want to come to my show? Uh, yeah, let's do that. 8 o'clock at the Stratosphere. I will comp you and all your chicks. So it's going to be you and all these feminine girls with their That's hair like, up, right? You just, want me, you just want me to bring the ladies to your No, show. no, I got a girlfriend. I'm totally off this. Dad, do you have any questions for Cal Pennington? No, I, um, I, I hope you win. I really do. Why is that? Thank you. I appreciate you sound it. Like a, you sound like a beautiful, beautiful lady, and uh, I'm glad you. We found you. It was not easy finding you. We, Adam called you five <laughs> times. I, how did it, how did how did we find? Uh, because like you called Tisha. She, she was, she was with Tisha. But how did you did you know that? Did you no, know? No, I didn't. Were you guys know. Was, doing was, your research to know that I'm with Tisha? Or uh, what? Yeah, I knew that you were hanging out with Tisha. I like knew that you guys what were a lucky, together. That's a lucky. <laughs> that's amazing. Right? Think about that. This is really crazy. Yeah, Tisha. Tisha, how, how are you doing, Tisha? How do I know Tisha? No, how are you, Tisha? Is Tisha on the phone now? Oh, you want to talk to Tisha? Yeah. Thank you, Raquel. Good luck in your fight. I'll see you on Tuesday. Thank, thank you. I appreciate it. We'll see you Tuesday. Bye. Thank you. Hey, Tisha. By the way, Tisha Torres, if you guys don't know, when she, is, when she goes out, she is a showstopper. I mean, I, I see guys, they're drooling over you, Tisha. Drooling. Oh, yeah. thank you. You do very good. You have very bad taste in men, but, but um, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm Why kidding. do you say that? I'm right? kidding. She came with her boyfriend on my show. He happened oh. to be a very nice guy, okay. or her ex-boyfriend. So, uh, Tisha, ex-boyfriend. Now you were just in school, right? What? Now you just got some kind of degree or something? What happened? No, I'm still in school. I just uh, finished my summer session. I'm going to start my fall session in like two weeks. And what are you? What are you studying? I'm getting my master's in criminology. Master's in criminology. Now, it was crazy because yeah. your last fight, they were like, yeah, she had her final last night. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You, you're a professional athlete. You're fighting the, the best fighters in the world. And then you were studying for the finals the night before. You think maybe you're doing too much? No, no. I did, that fight was just, eh, it wasn't my best fight. But it wasn't because of the school. I was training really hard for it. So Yeah. Now you look. But I mean, it was it was it was a, t- a close, tough fight. You know, you always yeah. even your losses are very very close. Uh, your wins you usually beat the shit out of people. Like I was at one of your wins. Like the, the crowd was throwing in the towel. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you, you are Tisha. Who, who do you want to fight next, Tisha? Um, I don't know. I, I saw the whole Waterson. You know, doesn't have an opponent, so I'm up for that one in Germany in a few weeks. Michelle but, Waterson. Uh, okay. It's not. Yeah, if not, I'd like to probably fight someone like Carla or Penny. Now, are you um? Somebody, so you want to fight name? Michelle on two weeks' notice? Is that is, is that a, is that a solid? I will, I, I will fight her. All right, should we put that out there? Should we put that like on blast on Twitter? If you want, I've already yep. done it. All right, good. That'll be good news. That'll be good news. Uh, now, are you currently single? Or you have a boyfriend? What? Are you currently single, or do you have a boyfriend? Oh, um, I'm content. <laughs> I'm content. <laughs> the fuck kind of answers are these? I'm content. Uh, good news I don't know. for me. Are you? Are you? Um, 
Are you? Do you have a show this week? I do. I'm going to be in Vegas uh-huh. all this week at the Stratosphere. I would love for you to come. Always love when you come. I got all new material. I know. Uh, oh. Good. <laughs> I, I got all new material. Uh, I something new material. Come. I actually, uh, I'm, I'm going to be on crutches though because I tore my ACL. So I had surgery last week. Oh, yeah, week. I did see that. Yeah, so I'm doing my shows on crutches. Any advice? Didn't you have an ACL tear? No, thank God, no, not me. We have a few girls at my gym, though, but not me. Um, any advice? Advice? I don't know. Stay <laughs> off it. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate it. It's great advice. Um, Tisha Torres. So I was not expecting to ha- you to pick up, but I'm very happy that you did. Uh, so you're content. You're in Colorado. You're training with Raquel Pennington. How, how's, how's your weight? I mean, would you be able to make 115 by, uh, in two weeks? Yeah, yeah. I walk at 125, so yeah. Oh, that's easy. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. But no, um, yeah, I answered my phone because I thought you were my mom. My mom calls. With, uh, she has a number block. That's why I was like, hello, like, like what do you want? <laughs> I thought you were my mom. No, I, was, I was definitely not your mom. So I'm sorry I like your that. mom, though. Your, your mom has a neck tattoo, so... She does have neck tattoos. You remember that. You'll remember that always. I have a good memory. I have a very. Uh, you, your mom has gold teeth and neck too, and is still very attractive. And oh, she, you know what? Congratulations to you. I haven't said congratulations in person. I don't think yet to your new engagement. Oh, thank you. I, I know you're very upset about this. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I am. I was, I was kicking myself in the butt. Uh, nice. Not jumping first. As long as you tape it and send it to me, I want to see those videos. Um, <laughs> now, now who's the, who's the girl to beat Joanna? Aside from you. To beat, to beat Joanna? Yeah. Who can beat her, you're saying? Yeah. Oh, I think, I think, I think Claudia can beat her. Just, she just has to play her cards right. But I think, you know, there, there's a, a way to fight her to beat her. I don't think she's invincible, but she definitely is an amazing fighter and somebody that I'm a fan of as well. Yeah, no, she's a... Uh, that Claudia fight was so close. I feel like you, uh, Claudia, Joanna... Uh, that Polish girl. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like you guys. There's like you guys, and then there's like the rest. You know. Uh, <laughs> although, uh, if other people were on the phone, I would say that I would include them in that too. Um, <laughs> now, who, do you think, who, who do you think wins? Uh, who do you think wins? Rowdy Beck or Paige Van Zandt? You know what? I think that's a winnable fight for both of them, and I think that the UFC did the right thing with uh, giving Paige that fight. You know, they don't want to see her lose again, and she can definitely beat uh, Beck. But with that said, Beck can definitely beat Paige. So, I don't know. I, I, I think Beck can hurt her. I think Beck hits harder than most people think. Oh, I fought her. So, yeah, she does hit hard. Yeah. But I have to go because our pitting class is finishing. Okay, finish your class. See you guys next week. Thank the both All of right, you. Raquel, you good luck. Win this fight. I'm putting money on I you. Okay? Uh, okay? I'm putting money I'll on you to win. And Tisha, thank you. All right. Take care. You're awesome. Bye bye. All right. What she, are the odds? <laughs> calling Tisha. You know they were going to be in the they were in the gym now. I, yeah, they're both in the gym. I knew they were training together. Oh, you did know that. Yeah, yeah that's somebody great. tweeted me why don't you get great. Tisha on the phone too. That's awesome. So yeah, we got both of them on. Both nice. very beautiful girls. Yeah, really. yeah. fun. One, one might be single. We don't know yet. Yes. <laughs> Maybe send her that picture of you with the bandages. That's what I'm. Th- I was. I wanted to ask her. I'm looking for a new sugar mama because you know. I, I like older women. Yes. You know, she's obviously very young, but I'm looking for someone who can take care of me. Yeah. No, you're not. And who will Are you give really? me. Yeah, why come not? On, c- come on. You don't need that. I mean, I'm not good looking like every you're other. You're a good looking guy. You're a hard working dude. You don't need a sugar mama. Come on. I need someone to buy me video games and candy. Oh, God. What are you, CB Gold the third? <laughs> CB, uh. uh 
CB Platinum. We had CB Copper, CB Platinum. So, uh, no, you don't need that. But uh, it it is kind of sad. I'm really happy that she's getting her degree in criminology, and that's great that she's bettering herself. Uh, At the same time, it's something to be said, though. When you got a fight on Saturday and you got a final on Wednesday, I just think Maybe she's got it covered, you know? I mean, Babe Ruth, you know, used to go out drinking the nights before. He hit three home runs in a game, right? You always use that analogy, but that was when there was no black people playing. Uh, there was no Dominicans, pitchers. Yeah, 60 uh, home runs one year, and the, the guy came in second at three. Really? Something like that. No, he did it. Seven, maybe. <laughs> no, there weren't any steroids. Oh, yeah, it was under there 10. No steroids. No steroids. No. But he wouldn't, if Babe Ruth was around today, he wouldn't dominate the way he did. Sure, he'd probably have about 180 home runs. No, there, come on. There were no black people back 60 then. to three. There were no minorities. No there were only eight then. teams. There were 12 teams. Maybe... You know, I'm sure there was guys in the, in, the, in the, they called them the Negro Leagues. There were black yeah, players who also had 60 home runs and betting to a guy. Yeah, Babe Ruth didn't, didn't you know, face but, those pitchers. I don't know that it would have made much of a difference when you think about 60 home runs to the second came in seven. That's like a fighter, you know, never go, never. It's like when Ronda Rousey knocked out everybody in, in nine seconds. Yeah. If she had done that for 10 years. Where would she be? Right. That's sort of similar. Yeah, but it's, I, I think you're kind of making my point is that people are, have evolved yeah, since then. Yeah, people have evolved. You know, and yes. think about Ronda Rousey. She was using one skill set that was so much better than everyone else. Rather than keep using that skill set and sort of working her way around it, yeah, she decided that she was going to be the best boxer in the world and just got murdered by a boxer. They and say. it's bad coaching. They say, give you know, give me give me the person who's done a thousand things once, rather than someone who's done a thousand. No, I'm sorry. Give me somebody who's done one thing a thousand times. I know Bruce Lee said that. Better than a yeah. thousand times, yeah. Bruce yeah. Lee, he's right. He's right. That's yeah. what you're saying. And she should have stayed with what the armbar, right? She should have stayed with what she was the judo. Judo. The judo. I mean, and she should have worked her way around her her judo versus like she had a boxing trainer. That was not a, and she didn't have the right camp. But this is all stuff that we've been, but it's also women's MMA. Yeah. I think it's It's really the beginning of the, you know, it's early. It's very early in the game. It's sort of like, you know, a lot of these professional sports, boxing started, what, 1890? John L. Sullivan. Was that 140 years? How many years? It's only been, what, 10 years? It's, yeah. it's really infantile. It's in, in very early stages. And I mean, it's just only legal in New and York. And women's MMA is even, even, it's only, uh, even it's shorter than that. They haven't had a fight in New York. And that's men's MMA. New York State and has not girls, fight. it's only like two, two years. That's, or only, they, there you not go. Not really two years, but so it's, in the it's UFC. Exciting. And Ronda was in the Olympics exciting for time. judo, right? Yeah, she came a bronze medal. Why would you not? Use anything but judo. Like imagine Daniel Cormier never doing wrestling again and just. Well, you boxing. couldn't. Well, she shouldn't just use judo, but you. What you, you do is. More. But what you strength. do is you also you work your you work your other skills around your strongest skill set mm. right. versus abandoning your strongest skill set to prove a point, and to, I don't know, but you know, look. It, I don't know, Rhonda's... I got to go walk miles. Mad at me. So anyway, this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Dad, for being on the show. Hey, my pleasure. My Thanks. pleasure. You're the best. Everybody. It's great, Joe. Thank you. Keep, keep, keep on keeping on, man. Oh, for All sure. Right. Uh, listen, if you want to tip us, we are on tipafighter.com, tipafighter.com. Uh, and also, uh, Friday night, I'll be at the Hollywood Improv, 10 o'clock next week in Vegas at the Stratosphere, Monday through Sunday. Uh, Joe, where are you going to be? I'm probably going to be at the Haha ha one of these nights. I don't know which <laughs> night. 
but just show up every single night until you see me. <laughs> okay, show up every night. Uh, Dad, any, anything you want to plug? Uh, just uh, Adam Hunter, adamhunter.com. My dad's also my Improv, manager, by the way. 8 o'clock. I got a show to promote. What's that? Every Tuesday at the Dark Horse Tavern, this is Augustina's show. We have great shows. Like last Tuesday, I hosted, and we had Joey Diaz. Josh Wolf. It was an insane wow, show for great. a little tiny bar. Best. It's a little private experience. Come on by every Tuesday. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Take care.